KUFO, Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of October and the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101. KUFO, beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Jim's got that look on his face like there's something working incorrectly over there. My off button keeps sticking. And if it does, it won't let me on. Okay, here's the thing about the microphone buttons in the studio. I believe, I cannot prove this. But I suspect that someone spilled something very uh, fructose-laden on like the, the countertop here. Because Greg came in to do, yeah, to do ball talk the other day. And he couldn't, he turned the mic off at one point or he hit the cough button. And then he couldn't get it to go back on. And it, we couldn't figure out why during the segment. So Greg was sort of frantically swapping. And this happens in radio more than you might anticipate. Where actually during a pause or while I was saying something inane... Greg was sort of switching microphones because the cough button was actually stuck down, which is like a mute button. So he couldn't, he, he wasn't actually able to speak. And so it looks like the same thing is happening over there. So what happens if you hit the on button right now, Tim? Can you speak? Yes, here I am. Okay. But if you turn it off, does it turn back on again? All right, okay. clearly this is nope. going to be... It, it's okay for now, but it was sticking. It's going to be one of those days, I can just tell. Oh, and I had to adjust the point size in my email because I'm old. That was... That was how my morning began. I was sitting there. Trying to make it a little bigger. I was sitting there trying to read my email this morning, and I actually found myself thinking, I didn't say this aloud because there was no one there, and plus you don't want to share these thoughts. But I was looking at my email this morning, and I actually said, damn, this is, this is too small. I have to, and I went up to the, the drop-down menu, and I actually had to raise the point size in my email. Not like in a single email, but in my email program in general, because I've now sufficiently aged to the point where I can... I cannot read, like, the 12-point type or whatever that's kind of been sufficient for it. That's kind of sad. Yes, it is, Sarah. It's like the, uh, it's like the computorial equivalent of getting bifocals. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. If you would uh, like to join us today, you can also text at 520-5151. 520-5151. And uh, if you would like to uh, email, that's your pleasure. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at... RickEmerson.com. Sarah Dillon can be reached at uh, Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Greg Nibbler can be reached at N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. Coming up later on today, we have a uh, Hick Watch. We will speak with CNN Radio correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles about the Balloon Kid. We've got the CNN audio, I think, of the kid maybe inadvertently revealing all to Wolf Blitzer. Yes, and now we have... Some new audio that uh, just came out with a dad trying to explain the answer. Awesome. Uh, and we have some wife swap video audio, too. Because this this family was on uh, wife swap. The the family, the parents of the balloon kid. Mm-hmm. All right. The most hated child in America. Did you see The Daily Show by any chance? Yes, I have that soundbite. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, in the space of later. half a second, they went from, yeah, the, the, hooray, the kid is home, to let's go find the family and beat them. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying you should do that. That was just, it's my sort of... Um, it's my sort of satiric representation of what the tone was yesterday. Uh, what else? We would talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins 
and or Bob Costantini uh, later on today as well. Aaron Duran will be here with the Week in Geek, and we'll uh, talk to uh, TMZ. Dax Holt is actually on vacation, so I think it's uh, Marco Gonzalez who we will speak with today from TMZ.com. That is coming up later on. Also, I hold here my hand. Well, we have a Hick Watch on the way. I think we have a Geek Watch on the way, and we'll answer the... I don't even want to say what question we're going to answer because that almost gives it away. It almost gives away the answer if I describe for you the question. I just have an incredibly disturbing story here from... This is from Nova Scotia. It doesn't really matter, though, because it's a story that it has universal appeal. Uh, so we'll get to that here in just a bit. I love the name. Uh, yeah, the title, Nova Scotia. I don't even know where Nova Scotia is. It was in Wisconsin. See, but I, liked it the, I, I thought it was by Maine. It is, because the map of the country shows it ends in Maine, but it actually doesn't, because we're surrounded by Canada, but our map never shows it. Yeah. It's attached to Maine. All right. And if you go to Nova Scotia, you can go to Reversing Falls. I don't you know. put your car in neutral, and your car goes up a hill. And I don't know what it is, but whenever I hear about Nova Scotia, I just think of clam chowder for some reason. And I guess it's because I think New England, in my head, everybody in New England is dressed like Judd Hirsch in the movie Ordinary People. They've all got these like cable knit sweaters that are <laughs> that sort of have the huge collars that fold up. Uh, you know, and then they're... I have and several then, of those. And they're... Of course you do, because you're from New England. So, of course, it's you have the sweater. I don't like clam chowder, though. And everybody's standing with a lighthouse in the background, and there's a sailboat somewhere, and then uh, they're all about to go inside and have uh, clam chowder and celestial seasonings teas. It's 503-228-4101. By the way, Greg Nibbler looks terrible this morning, just uh, in case anybody's playing the home game. It, it looks like he has a backwards Greg Nibbler wig on. <laughs> I don't even know what that part means. <laughs> Neither do I. Tim said it actually a couple times in I'm here. T- I'm tired, but God, I'm this morning, like twice already, Tim's like, yes, he has a backward nibbler wig on. And I don't know what that means, but I kind of know exactly what it means. It's wow. just you look a you look a bit uh, you look a bit I, ragged around the edges. Today. I do look a bit ragged. Yeah, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. Awesome. The nib man and I went out drinking yesterday. Yeah. Did you say that? Well, we'll save the rest of this for later. Sarah's <laughs> eating a turkey pot pie, by the way, as we speak. Just in case you wonder, um, it's chicken and it's delicious. Sorry. All the drinking in the world never affects Sarah Diller. No, no, it doesn't. She's Even uh, other people. She's, she's immune. impervious. Immune. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 507. We're going to be a rainy weekend. Daytime highs only near 60. A Silverton man has been found bludgeoned to death in France. 21-year-old Justin Little has been discovered in a hard scrabble part of that town. Cops say he was struck in the head several times with a cinder block. State Representative Kurt Schrader is asking Congress to extend the deadline for the $8,000 first-time homebuyer tax credit. It's about over now. He's hoping to extend it through September of next year. Now we go to the most hated child in America, the balloon boy. Yes, America's hearts went out to him until we found that our heartstrings were being manipulated by the parents, at least allegedly. So the dad went on TV uh, moments ago saying this is just a misunderstanding. This is n- not a made-up thing. The child misunderstood Wolf Blitzer's question. There's like 30 uh, press people there. Anyway, somebody had asked him if they could show, and he would show them how he got in the attic. So he was obliging them, and uh, one of the guys told him it was for some um, TV show. What, what is up with the dad's voice? What, what is up with that guy? The, he sounds, I'm not saying he is drunk, but on the one hand, he sounds drunk. On the other hand, he sounds, this is just my observation as an editorialist, you understand, he doesn't sound terribly bright, let's put it that way. But clearly he built a balloon, although it really was just kind of a jiffy pop thing now that I think about it, so I guess anybody probably could have done that. 
So this is because the kid, they're on CNN yesterday after they find that the kid is hiding in an attic the whole time. And they ask the kid why he did it. And the kid said something like, and it sounded like the kid was talking to the dad even though they were on TV. And I think the, I'll play this. The kid said, you said we did it for the show. Yeah. Did he hear anything? Did he hear you screaming out Falcon Falcon? Uh, he's, he's asking Falcon, did you hear us calling your name at any time? Hmm? You did? You did? Well, why didn't you come out? Um, you guys said that um, we did this for the show. Oh, oh my God. Oh. oh, there you go. And doesn't it sound, again, maybe we're just being, um, maybe we're just being retrospectively harsh here. But when the dad, when the father says, did you hear us calling your name at any time? It sounds a little stilted. I mean, his, his, uh, it's, it sounds like acting for television. It, 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 that's exactly what it sounds like. It sounds I've been on a reality show and I know how to speak in front of the camera. It sounds overly mannered too, as though I knew this was going to happen and I prepared for it. It sounds like he is, it sounds like he is accenting his words in such a way to remind the kid that they have practiced this question before. And I'm not saying that's true because I don't know, of course. This is just my observation. It sounds like the kind of accenting you use when you are trying to remind somebody of a question that you have rehearsed earlier. And here's, and here's when you, uh, here's when you hear this used sometimes. You will hear magicians use that kind of accenting or phrasing and some scurrilous evangelists will do this as well. Um, and this was famously depicted in the movie uh, Leap of Faith, but it's based on a, on a real guy named uh, Popov, I think, who is a, sort of one of those big tent revival evangelists in the Midwest. And the deal is he would always sort of guess people's ailments in the audience. Like his assistant would go out and they would find somebody in the audience. And she would say, uh, you know, Reverend, this uh, man in the audience has a question about something that is really important to him. And he wants to know the answer today. And she would do this weird accenting of the words. And it's because certain words meant certain other words. So she said he wants to know the answer today. Like today meant that he had a tumor because they would use words that stood in for other words. That is exactly what the dad sounds like when he's talking to the kid right there. It's like they've rehearsed the question and answer session. Because there used to be uh, being on reality television as the family was before. They were on uh, Wife Swap. And we have a clip from the intro of that program. Returning for a second swap are the incredible storm-chasing heenies of Colorado. Storm-chasing heenies. But the heenies still live a life of adventure. (laughs) Now, behind them is that spaceship. The, really? The flying saucer is right behind them. Mom Mayumi is devoted to helping her fringe scientist and inventor husband Richard build a flying saucer and hunt for UFOs, as they hope oh, to wow. find evidence supporting their belief that all humans are descended from aliens. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Ain't that sorry. America. I don't mean to dismiss. Then the kids give the thumbs up. <laughs> the storm chasing heenies. <laughs> I can't give it to work today. I got a bad case of the storm chasing heenies. I am not going to make it in. I don't want to get more than five feet from the toilet. You you just don't even know. Wow. Okay. We have more coming up. Jesus, how could we not? All right. It's uh, 503-228-4101. God almighty. Coming up later on, we have a pair of passes for you to see paranormal activity. <laughs> that is the funniest damn thing I've ever heard. As well as a copy of the brand new book behind the scenes. You can only hear it on this program. Of the Simpsons. Stay there. The Rick Everson Show continues, continues next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. 
This is Rock 101 KUFO. Show on Rock 101 and KUFO coming up at 540. We will talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. You just said he was at 540. And then you said later Bob Costantini. Well, know, we'll figure the, it out. This piece of paper says something in the mic. In any event, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles joins later. He'll talk about the uh, Balloon Kid. And uh, Aaron Duran will be here with the Weekend Geek at 7 o'clock. Also at 8 o'clock, TMZ.com, ladies and gentlemen. We will uh, have Marco Gonzalez filling in for Dax Holt. From TMZ at 8 o'clock. This, at the Ministry of Truth, is your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 523. Going to be a rainy weekend. Daytime highs only near 60. Portland City Commissioner Randy Leonard is headed up to here with Merritt Paulson's attitude. The owner of the Beavers won't get a stadium if he keeps on complaining publicly. Meanwhile, Beaverton is dangling the stadium carrot in front of Paulson. He just dangling the stadium carrot. Mm -hmm. The taxpayers would happily pick up more than half the fifty-nine million dollars stadium cost. Yes, I am. I'm glad that everyone's given a chance to vote on that. Mm -hmm. That it was uh, put before the city so they could decide whether to uh, fork over part of their money to build a stadium for something. That I'm not that everybody isn't filling the streets demanding that the team move there and build a stadium. Yes. In fact, I expected a spontaneous uh, demonstration of that support will break out later on today. They, they'd probably protest, like, in the center of town if there was one, or a, or a city itself. Where would they physically put it? Have they said where this, like, if they um, put the stadium in Beaverton, where it would actually be? Next to where the be? theaters used to be, next to Typhoon, there's the uh, uh, Beaverton Center, like, uh, it, it, it has this... It's See, hard to describe. This is that you've just hit upon something it's a of the piece suburbs. Of empty land. It is impossible to describe where anything is in the suburbs. Well, Beaverton, yes, because there's actually no city center or town common or gathering spot for humanity. Well, and what else are you going to? It's by the Olive Garden, well, which it's, doesn't narrow it down like no, at it's, all. It's car dealers and exit ramps. It's like the New Jersey of Portland. <laughs> it's by those tract homes, and also there's a there's a Chili's there, I think. So, it really, it's just, they're just going to set it down somewhere. They're yeah. going to put it down in the middle of... The, the, the suburbs are sort of like... You know what suburbs are like? Suburbs are like a stock sort of model train set that you see in the hobby store, where there's nothing, like, there's no real theme or rhyme or reason. It's just they've wanted to put one of everything out there on display so you can see what the store sells. Uh, and so it's all just sort of scattered all the way across the, uh, you know, the greenery. All right. There's a child sex predator on the loose on the east side. 58-year-old Delbert Ray Ross. Has worked as apartment manager and maintenance man, plying his evil trade against the youngsters for a long time now. Beware of him. His name is Delbert. Uh, which, wait, hold on. Uh, there's some information missing from the story. Yes. He's an evil child sex predator. Yes. On the east side. Yes. Wait, he's a sex predator for evil children? I... No, he himself. No, no. I imagine that's probably not how that's written. But you said he's an apartment manager. Yes, he has been one. Do, do you feel like we ought to know what apartment building that is? They don't indicate that. Oh, that's nice of them. Mm-hmm. So they don't. Actually, so it could be any apartment building anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. There you go. Aiming to terrify. That's uh, that's what the news does. Here's something you want to know: What's happening to Fox Reality Channel? It's going away. What will it become? Nat Geo Wild. It'll be like just wild animals eating each other because that's what the public wants. Uh, so, uh, 
It's going to be uh, kind of a rougher version of Animal Planet. So this is, wait, is this a spinoff? Well, it must be a spinoff of National Geographic. Yes, it's National Geographic Wild. All right, so it's, it's like an extreme sort of yes. National Geographic mm-hmm. kind of a thing. All right. Yes, so animals will be attacking each other to uh, keep us entertained. They ought to have a channel that is just things punching other things. Things making other things bleed. TV. And then it's 24 hours a day. Or just sort of, I, or just cut out the middleman and just get right to the violence channel. You know, just create something that is just nothing but bleeding and things blowing up and teeth being knocked out 24 hours a day. And then occasionally, every now and again, like at the top of the hour, a shark would jump out of the water and grab, uh, you know, uh, someone out of midair and drag them under. And then that would be the sort of, like, that would be their time check that they would do at the top. I would totally subscribe to such a channel. Well, it doesn't it seem like that Mackenzie Phillips book happened last year now? Yes. Yes, it does. Happened a long time ago. Well, China Phillips, her sister who we saw on television, is now promoting her latest creative project. I guess she had one before. The one-time Wilson Phillips singer is scheduled to appear on Good Morning America today to promote One Reason, an album of spiritual songs. Wait, is this the... But didn't she already do this, though? Isn't this the the, the, the same record that she was promoting the, the week? Because the, the Mackenzie Phillips book came out the same week as China uh-huh. Phillips' record. Yes. And was where she said that, that she was doing that awkward interview where she said that Jesus... She, Jesus must have had a plan uh-huh. regarding the Mackenzie Phillips thing. But she that wasn't her appearance to promote this. This was already scheduled, so this is an additional media I blitz see. for China Phillips. Okay, I she see. was writing the coattails uh, of her incestuous sister. I see. So the last time was sort of mainly about Mackenzie, right. but with 10, 10 seconds of the end to, to like pimp her record. This is right. mainly about the record. Well, she's 41. She looks much better than a 41-year-old, but that's what it says here. Well, and she's only her half-sister. So... Yes. Don't ask me. Well, I don't even want to visualize. I don't know what went into creating her. She got the uh, she got the attractive half, and plus, I, I you know I think she looks better relative uh, you know to Mackenzie just because. Let's be honest. I think uh, I think Kenzie was getting most of the stress in that family, so uh, it seems like China may have. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, it just it seems like that would take a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. Or India. Anyway, here's wow. Tim Riley. <laughs> Did I just hear that? I'm just saying. Uh, using parts that were damaged in a collision back in July, Disney is ready to roll out a new monorail at uh, Disney World. The new monorail was built using sections of two trains that collided and killed one of two pilots at Disney World back in July 5th. The new monorail will be designed with the color teal. And Disney says the purple and pink train colors will be retired out of respect for the people who died. OSHA and the NTSB are still reviewing the collision that killed the engineer. Wait a minute, they're... Uh, so they're retiring the colors, but they're actually building the new monorail out of the pieces of two other monorails that well, collided yeah. and killed someone. Right. Disney is thrifty. Doesn't this wow. seem like you're just begging for a new haunted exhibit at Disneyland that maybe yes. they didn't anticipate? This is the new haunted mansion. <laughs> Beware of hitchhiking monorail operators. Whoa. The family of Billy Mays disagrees with the findings of the Florida medical examiner who found cocaine played a role in the man's death back in June. They ordered an independent review, one they like, from Dr. William Manson, or Mannion, who has concluded that Mays died of heart disease at the age of 50. So they're taking a choice here. They'd rather know that he died of heart disease and cocaine. That's what they're going by. He looked a little hefty to be, uh, to be a big coke user, though. He was uh, a little on the portly side. I think so. Uh, but he's from the South. First season Survivor winner Richard Hatch is scheduled to be released from the federal pen of Massachusetts today. He was ordered back in for violating the terms of his house arrest in connection with the conviction of failing to pay taxes on the million-dollar prize he won from the CBS reality show. 
He was released on house arrest over the summer, but ordered back after giving interviews without asking permission to do them beforehand. But, you know, reality shows are like some sort of cultural colander. And I they can't keep track of them, really. They just screen out douchebags and then put them on parade. There's I don't no shortage of them in this America. No, there really isn't. Uh, it, speaking of that, Fred Durst is ending <laughs> his brief marriage to Esther well Nazarov. Yes? Oh, the Limp Biscuit frontman officially filed papers in L.A. Superior Court. The 39-year-old rocker who has boasted about liaisons with both Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears uh, is finally splitting up with his wife. The former Durst enjoyed a short run. The couple married July 13th and went their separate ways August 25th. <laughs> Why, that's a little over a month. All I know is that I saw some interview or some article about the fact that he was splitting up with this uh, the woman after a month. And they either asked him or they asked her, I think it may have been her, why they were getting divorced after 30 days. And she, I swear to God, I wish I had this in front of me. I'm not making this up. She did say something to the effect of he just wouldn't stay off Twitter. Like that was, and I don't know, clearly there must have been more to that, I would hope. But then again, you know, if you're marrying Fred Durst, it's like you, I don't know that your cognitive processes are all necessarily, and not everything seems to be linked together in the monorail of your mind. So I, who's to say exactly what that might have been? Let's do uh, one more here and then we'll uh, get caught up around the corner. Well, you may not know his name, but he was the creative force behind such film classics as Network, All That Jazz, and Roxanne. Emmy Award winning film producer Daniel Meldick has passed away. Uh, he died of multiple ailments at his home in L.A. Inspired by the success of the James Bond movies, Melnick cast Don Adams as Maxwell Smart in the 1960s spoof Get Smart. While working as head of production of MGM in the 70s, he helped create That's Entertainment, the greatest hits franchise, as well as overseeing the Sunshine Boys and Network. He was 77 years old. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Coming up later on this morning, we'll have Aaron Duran at the Week in Geek at 7 o'clock. Also, you're shot at a pair of uh, passes to see Paranormal Activity. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's coming up uh, later on. Also, TMZ.com and a Hick Watch all on the way this morning. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up at 6 o'clock, Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, 6 a.m., Greg Nibbler's Sports News and Observations. Ball Talk. Coming up at uh, 6.20, CNN Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins. 7 o'clock, Jim Roop in Los Angeles is uh, talking about the balloon kid. So he was the guy that was kind of covering the whole thing for CNN yesterday. And we've got that audio of the kids saying that thing to Wolf Blitzer, which I think Wolf Blitzer didn't catch the first time. And I don't know, I may be wrong about that, but it seems like when the kid first said the thing about, well, you said we were doing this for the show, which does sound for all the world like the, the storm-chasing heenies were just fabricating the entire thing, it was like it kind of went underneath his radar until someone told him about it, and then Wolf kind of leaned on the on the dad later, and the dad got kind of uh, snippy about it. So we have... Uh, more of that to come, and at uh, 8 o'clock, we will talk to uh, Marco Gonzalez, who is filling in for Dax Holt at TMZ. At the news desk, this is your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everybody. It is now 543. It's going to be a miserable rainy weekend. Rage against the balloon boy sweeps the nation. 
The dad's going on TV doing damage control on the Today Show just moments ago. He's trying to unravel this and make people love them again. Well, uh, first of all, let's clarify. Uh, My mouth is filled with phlegm. And, um, I don't know that he really understood you know, the question he was being answered. He did um, answer other questions kind of on the same level. But um, after the initial interview with all the people out in front, um, I told everybody, my, my uh, kids and my wife, to come inside. And um, I looked behind me. They weren't there. So then I go over to open the garage. And uh, Falcon's climbing up in the joist in the attic space. And, uh, Is this guy missing big sections of his tongue? Right. I think he might have been socializing with Sarah Dillon last night. I there's a he he sounds uh, he sounds a little blurred as a uh, as a human being right there. I wonder if that's just an ongoing state for the storm chasing heenies. The maybe he was subjected to some additional questioning that not being publicly acknowledged. You just love seeing the storm chasing Heaney. I really do, because it reminds me of the flying Wellendis, uh, you know, but in a uh, sort of hillbilly kind of way. So the deal on wife swap, that is the thing where the, the two moms change places, the two wives change places, and they live with different families or something. For right. like, Here it is again in case you months. missed it. All right. In case you just woke Auto. up. Storm season is over, but the Heaney still live a life of adventure. Mom Mayumi is... Devo- well, let me go back here. And so Mayumi is his go. wife. Okay. Returning for a second swap are the incredible storm-chasing heenies of Colorado. Storm season is over, but the heenies still live a life of adventure. Mom Mayumi is devoted to helping her fringe scientist and inventor husband Richard build a flying saucer and hunt for UFOs, as they hope to find evidence supporting their belief that all humans are descended from aliens. Wow, and don't you just know, as soon as the guy says that, when you hear that descriptor... The flying saucer is in the background here. (laughs) You know, by the way... It's like, you are going to see this again sometime. <laughs> you, this is the way that movies are done. It's, it, well, that's exactly. like in, the, you, in Act 1, you show the gun. In Act 3, you must use the gun. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, watching the movie, uh, if you're watching the movie Creep Show, you know that you will see that marble ashtray again in every other sequence because None they only the, have so many right. props. None of this was done by accident. No. Although, it's, it's, it's well thought out television. Don't you just instinctively know when they talk about the dads, you know, when they say, to further their belief that there are alien civilizations, you just know that that is not their belief. You know that is the husband's belief, and you know that the wife, Mayumi, uh, was selected by the husband uh, to just, just sort of stand there and do whatever, you know, follow whatever crazy... Fitting. Yeah, just follow whatever scheme, you know, he has at any given moment. That, that sort of seems to be my read on that... Uh, that seems to be the vibe I'm getting off that couple. Well, let's join uh, Father Heaney in the family flying saucer shop. We'd like to get this flying saucer into a storm to actually float around, take video. Richard and I actually believe we are ourselves a descendant of the alien. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus God Almighty. And we're just getting started. <laughs> Can you play that just one more time? <laughs> That's awesome. I love today. <laughs> All right, this All right, is the uh, these are the storm chasing heenies. All right, let's go back to their uh, their handyman shop where he's building the. Fl- this is the flying saucer. How long did it crashed. take to build it? It's just aluminum foil over some coat hangers. I think he, he put some effort into this, and you know what? I don't think this kid could have ever fit inside of this thing. No, but, I... but we're not being told that. But here it is. So let's uh, let's join the. Uh, the storm chasing heenies in their flying saucer shop. Are at the outer limits. We'd like to get this flying saucer into a storm to actually float around, take video. Richard and I actually believe we are ourselves a descendant of the alien. 
Many years ago, I passed out in a fast food restaurant, hit my head on the tile floor. The experience that I went through, I felt as though I was in contact with aliens. And this is just about identical to what I have seen. Oh, wow. I asked so he, who they were. He's drawing he said, pictures of aliens. Parents. We do like a UFO hunting. Guys, we're going to aim this at the moon to where if there are UFOs flying around, then we can pick them up. Alien or not, Mayumi and Richard have their very own descendants who sometimes seem not of this earth. I have a crazy Oh, dream. okay. This, oh, one of them just... Oh. <laughs> really? Are you kidding Is this from... One of them just... For lack of a better word, farted on the other one's head. <laughs> is this from what? This is from what? when they were on wife swap. Wife swap. Yeah, you want to see it again? Please, more okay. than anything. All right, let's go back here. Yes, it's hard to believe that this would be an attention-seeking family. Alien or not, Mayumi and Richard have their very own descendants who sometimes seem not of this earth. I have a crazy, crazy three boys. <laughs> Good God Almighty! Wow. This All wasn't right. planned, was it? Well, there you go. It's, what horrible uh, people. I can't possibly imagine that they would That's what television is all about. <laughs> it's really bringing out the worst parts of people. Good God. Yes, it's difficult to believe that they would have engineered some way to get their, uh, their visages back on camera at some point. God damn. Well, I miss TGIF, which used to have family-friendly comedies on Friday night. That's right, Tim. Oh, a little step-by-step action. Step-by-step. 503 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at the top of the hour, Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk at uh, 620 CNN Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins. And coming up uh, later on in the morning, we will talk to uh, Jim Roop from Los Angeles, who was sort of covering this entire thing as it unfolded yesterday, as it went from shock to surprise to horror to suspicion to growing rage, resentments, and anger. It's 503 503- 228-4101. Rick Emerson Show continues next live from Portland City. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later, our anger-filled review of Where the Wild Things Are, in which we lament that today's kids just don't know what discipline means. And they eat too much cake. And they eat too much cake. It's 503-228-4101. Also on the way, we have Marco Gonzalez from TMZ, who's going to join us at 8 o'clock this morning. Aaron Duran at 7 o'clock with the Weekend Geek. Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. And Lisa Desjardins from CNN uh, on the Hill, uh, Capitol Hill, uh, on the way as well. Tim Riley's tracking the following stories for you on this Friday morning. The despised balloon boy has just thrown up on national television. (laughs) (laughs) Things can only get worse. Uh, I think worse. You mean better? <laughs> I believe there's something wrong with the way this program relates to children. I think in light of several comments we've made just recently, I think that there may be some issues having to do with the younger set uh, and how the uh, staff of this fine radio program feels about them, but that's just my speculation. Well, I have a little sound here. Let's see. Is this the sound of said vomiting? Anyway, somebody would ask him if they could show, he would show them uh, how he got he just. Well, so I guess it's more of a visual thing. <laughs> And he John just did uh, throw up on his dad's knee. No, he's going to throw up again. Hold on. When you say that he threw up on the dad's, what do you mean? I mean, he threw up. Let's see. This is vomited. Last night that they believe 
your account he's, of what he's sick happened. now there. But they do want to question. Oh wow! Okay, so Richard as well, and I'm sure some of the Is there any further question? Of well, what let's happen. Back up for a second. I All guess right, let's back it up. Here we go. I guess that they believe your account of what happened, but but they do want to question you a little. So, in the academic sense, I understand what to throw up means, but uh, so this. Describe the scene because I so they're sitting. What is the dad and he? The boy sitting is obviously together? getting sick, so they tighten up on the shot. Where is the kid sitting relative to the dad? Right next to it looks like he's sitting on his dad's knee, but he's sitting close to him in the chair. And this interview is after the kid was discovered safe in the attic, right? No, this is just done this morning. That's what I mean. But it's like, yeah. in other words, this isn't from like the wife swap show. This is from after the whole thing this has come, from, come apart. This uh, is from the Today Show just a few months ago. Last night that they believe your account of what happened, but, but they do want to wow. question you a little bit. And then they take the camera and go back to the well, studio. how unsettling for a little kid. Like, you don't know what's going on and your parents are telling you to lie, allegedly. Let's try to get uh, less vomit in this shot if we can, Steve. Wow. Basically, somebody told him that, yes. And so, but no vomit, no vomit is shown. Are you saying that this is actually the second time, though, that the kid vomits on camera today? No, this was the first time. When did, when did he vomit again? On, in the same interview. Well, let's keep going. Not on a series of shows. In other words, he didn't go from one program to another throwing up the entire way. No. I'd like to think that he decorated many, many studios with his, uh, with Well, his... he's at home. All right. Well. There you go. It's 503 More on the vomiting, hoaxy, jiffy pop balloon, balloon kid. <laughs> I feel bad for him, too. He's always going to be known for the rest of his life as balloon boy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and he was just seen by his schoolmates throwing up on television. That's the thing. Twice. It's like it's a series of indignities. First of all, he's born to what I would call nutcase parents. She's obviously, well, I won't say it. I, the mom does seem... The mom just seems sort of harmless if baddie. The dad just, just seems... happy to be in America. The t- <laughs> The dad just where we have flawless health care. The dad does seem um, the dad does seem actively nuts, though, and more than a, a little attention seeking. Well, and then, like if I threw up on my dad's knee, like he would at least pretend to care. You know, this guy is like the kid's throwing up and he's just like, and anyway, so about me. Like, but anyway, like, keep the camera on me at all times. Yeah. Ruining the shot. They, they had no choice. He probably coached him to vomit because they knew they'd take a close up. <laughs> <laughs> That's another key phrase he's used. So, son, how are you feeling right now? All right, ladies and gentlemen, time for another exciting edition of Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. All right, I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. So who's going to be crying in football this weekend? We'll find out here in just a moment. Uh, Major League Baseball, the Phillies beat the Dodgers last night in the National League Championship Series. They're going to go at it again tonight. And the Yankees and Angels are starting their series in the NBA. The Blazers lost to the Jazz last night in preseason action, and we've got some interesting audio from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes, uh, the legendary center for the Lakers was on Jeopardy and was asked a question. Well, I'll just let it explain itself. Uh, I went to UCLA for $400. You're going to love it. Tell your old man to drag this 70s UCLA and Trailblazer center and Lanier up and down the court for 48 minutes. Kareem? Who is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No! You're the one who delivered the line, but it was about Bill Walton. Oh. <laughs> Embarrassing moments on Jeopardy. So this is so, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Is he, he's missing a question. Yeah, they're asking him a question. It's basically a quote from uh, the movie he was in, from Airplane. Right. And the question, the answer is supposed to be Bill Walton. They're and, saying, what center did you drag down? And he just assumed that it was about him. He just answered his own name. Kareem, let me just hear that one more time, yeah. sort of hearing that in context. Uh, I went to UCLA for $400. You're going to love it. 
Tell your old man to drag this 70s UCLA Walton and Kinnear. Center and Lanier up and down the court for 48 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Kareem? Who is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No! <laughs> that is awesome. So it's his wow. own line from the movie. That is fantastic. So that's the, that is the line from the movie Airplane when the kid says, You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My dad has season tickets. And he goes, I'm out there busting my buns every night. Yeah. You Tell try your old drag- man to drag Walton and Kinnear up the court for 48 minutes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's exactly it. So, yeah, he answered his own name. That is fantastic. Which is awesome. Um, in uh, college football, all right, there's a lot of good games this weekend. So, who's going to be crying? Well, number three, University of Texas. I know there's a lot of Texas fans that listen in. But, unfortunately, I think the despised Oklahoma Sooners might actually beat them this weekend. And I hate to say that. Believe me, I hate Oklahoma almost as much as Ohio State. But, uh, I think there's a good chance Texas could lose. The Iowa Hawkeyes are going to lose to Wisconsin. I actually noticed, Sarah, you're wearing an Iowa Hawkeye shirt. Am Is there I? a reason for that? No, I just saw that it was a hawk. <laughs> I think Sarah's wearing a shirt from uh, a store somewhere that happens to be an, an Iowa actually, Hawkeye, Hawkeye no, shirt. I got this at right. a garage sale for 50 cents. So is that a shirt you picked because you, no, you just like fancied it? It? It, has, it has the front of the hawk and then in the back. <laughs> the three wolf shirt was unavailable. Well, that is a University of Iowa Hawkeyes shirt that you have on. Okay. So now you know, and uh, they're going to lose this weekend. Um, and Loser. Uh, yeah, that's right. You're representing a terrible team. <laughs> uh, and number six, USC is visiting Notre Dame, and this is going to be great because USC is going to destroy Notre Dame once again on national television. I love Notre Dame games because there are so many people that get so into Notre Dame that have no clue, and this is kind of ironic that she's wearing the shirt, but there's so many people that wear Notre Dame gear, Notre Dame shirts that have no idea really anything about Notre Dame. I've, I've never gone Notre there. Dame shorts. Do- What's that? I have a pair of Notre Dame shorts because my friend's brother played football there. You're Sort of See? the accidental sports fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're a fan of Midwest teams, apparently. But, uh, yeah, so there's so many people, though, that get all wrapped up in Notre Dame, never been to school there, don't know anything about the school, but, yeah, go Irish. And I love it that they're so invested because their team is terrible. It's been terrible for, like, five years. And every time they lose, they have so much emotional investment. They just start bawling and crying. So and- you like to see them build, basically, a sports-based emotional sandcastle in their heart? Yes. That then the tidal wave of failure will come in and completely sweep away in front of them. Yeah, they're building it basically right next to the ocean and uh, it like is going you, away. Nibbler. You're a man after my own heart. Oh, it's going to be awesome. So that's what's going to be going on this weekend in college football. Now, in the NFL, there's a lot of good games this weekend, but uh, before we get to those, Fox Sports has had to make an apology regarding a cartoon that they aired last weekend um, that uh, talked about Jessica Simpson in an unflattering manner. I think we have uh, the audio of this. Man, I still can't believe Tony uh, dated Jessica Simpson, even after after she blew up bigger than Flozell Adams. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Tony, at least Jessica comes up big when it counts. Hey, Tony, is Jessica around? We could use a defensive tackle. Wow. Yeah. So this is did this air during a game? Yes. And this is a it was a cartoon that was just talking about Jessica since yeah, being huge. For absolutely no reason. I don't even know why they put it in there. And they actually put a Burger King sponsor thing in front of it, and Burger King had nothing to do with it. Wow. But they put Burger King and then played this horrible, stupid cartoon. I mean, the thing is, it's not even funny. It's just And it's dumb. no 
Well, I mean, well, it's not funny, and Burger King apparently didn't want to be associated no. with it. And it's not even really, there's no reason to be doing it anymore because she's not dating, what, what, she's not dating no. Tony Romo anymore. No, they're not dating anymore. And, uh, yeah, it, it makes absolutely no sense, but a lot of people found it quite offensive. So it was like a guy just had that pre-produced because he was waiting to use it at some point, and yeah. then they didn't want to, like, let it anymore. To, well, we better get rid of it at some point. Let's just use it now. Yeah, probably somebody back there, oh, I'm, I'm going to be the next Matt Stone and Trey Parker. This is going to make me huge. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so, still back on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just saying his own name as an answer, apparently for lack of anything better to say. I know. I could just picture him answering every question like that. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Here's the funny thing about it is, the non-sports fan that I am, I could have gotten that question correct. Yeah, I mean, that's so such a pop culture question. I mean, airplane. Everybody knows his speech from airplane. And he says you don't really play, except yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, he says you're lazy. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so uh, so that's going on. Uh, in the NFL this weekend, there's going to be a bunch of games. Cardinals at the Seahawks, Bears at the Falcons, Saints and Giants, the future NFL Super Bowl champions, New York Giants, and the Ravens versus the Vikings. So a lot of stuff going on. And where will I be watching them this weekend? I will be at Hot Seats Sports Bar in Tualatin this Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. So come out, have a Bud Light with me. You'll have a chance to win a 32-inch flat-screen TV uh, from Stream Audio and Visual. And that's at uh, Hot Seats Sports Bar in Tualatin this Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. All the details are at KUFO. <laughs> Dot com. Awesome. What's the address there, Greg Nibbler? Where can I have a Bud Light with you? Well, you can find out at KUFO.com. Awesome. <laughs> 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. That's Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Lisa Desjardins from CNN Radio coming up next. And at 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran with Weekend Geek. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Tim Riley, the only newsman you'll ever need. When he asked what, she says, a flash, and proceeded to drop her bottoms, flash her vagina, then turn around, spread her cheeks, and flash her rear. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Then she turned around again and flashed her vagina. Out there uncovering the news, as it were. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on, we'll have our spoiler-free review of Where the Wild Things Are. I don't know how I could spoil it for you anyway. The book is nine sentences long, and the movie is just a bunch of puppets running around. I'm sorry. It's 503 Not that it wasn't... It reminded uh, me of H.R. Puffin stuff. It was sort of like an H.R. Puffin stuff. Like if it had been done by somebody who really disliked humanity. It's 503, it's sort of like a like an HR killing stuff. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. I did like the knock-knock joke owls, though, even though I didn't understand the jokes. There's a whole lot of weird... Uh, the owls were the best part of it. ...going on in that movie. It was it was a strange film. We all got to see where the wild things uh, are last night, so we'll talk about that uh, later on with uh, Aaron Duran. He'll be here as well for the Week in Geek at 7 o'clock at 8 o'clock. Uh, TMZ will join us, and uh, we'll have Jim Roof from CNN Radio Los Angeles as well, weighing in on Balloon Boy, the most loathed child in America. Right now, if you're caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you'll uh, grab yourself a pair of passes to see Paranormal Activity, one of the scariest movies of all time, now playing at the Regal Lloyd Center of Cinemas, rated R. Paranormal Activity, a pair of passes for two. Uh, that is at uh, 503-228-4101 if you are caller 10. And I promise to read this, by the way. This is one of the greatest smuggling stories of all time, simply because it will make everyone cringe. This is from, uh, let's see, this is from NovaScotianews.com. Starting Thursday, this, by the way, is not here. This uh, this is news from Nova Scotia, so it's, the actual regulation they're discussing does not really apply to us, but that's not really, that's not really important at the moment. Starting Thursday, 
Anyone who sets off a metal detector at a Nova Scotia courthouse and can't satisfy security officers with an answer, uh, officers with an answer, will be denied access to the facility. The move is a response to this week's knife attack at a courthouse on Spring Garden Road in Halifax. A teenage girl smuggled in a switchblade knife in her vagina. Oh, oh. what? No. That's really that was the no. whole reason for pulling the story was that reaction right there. Oh. This is a news story, Sarah. Don't get in the way of information. No. Why do you have to fault me sharing facts with the people? Let me just read that again. No. Starting Thursday, anyone who sets off a metal detector at a Nova Scotia courthouse and can't satisfy security officers with an answer will be denied access to the facility. I hate the satisfy security guards. <laughs> if you can't satisfy the security guards. I hadn't really thought about that because it doesn't actually... Awkward phrasing. It doesn't actually really say give a satisfactory answer. The, the syntax is a little bit muddied now that, I, uh, now that I look at it a second time. The move is a response to this week's knife attack at a courthouse on Spring Garden Road in Halifax. A teenage girl smuggled in a switchblade knife in her vagina. She set off the metal detector but told security the scanner was simply picking up a body piercing. I suppose it could have turned into an inadvertent body piercing. Now anyone who uses that same excuse will have to prove they have a metal stud in that area, says Justice Minister Ross Landry. I think they could show it, probably, in most cases, but if it's inappropriate, they may be denied access if it can't be established. How would you, you establish... You can establish whether or not you have a knife in your vagina. How would you... How would you establish whether or not you have an intimate piercing unless you're going to show it to them? I mean, that seems like the only... This is the thing I wonder about all the... T no one has really ever been able to answer this question about Portland Air uh, International Airport, about PDX. If you go through and you're beeping because you have a piercing in a private area... No one has really ever told us whether or not you are obliged to show them that piercing or not. My friend, I won't say her name, but she had her... Um... Was this a nipple piercing? Yes, I was going to say, can I just say nipples? <laughs> yes, she had yes. Her nipples yes, you pierced. can. You can always say nipples, Sarah. <laughs> and she actually worked at the airport at a, at a store there, and so she would have to go through security every day, and they'd wander down and it would you know, do the beeping thing, right. and she would have to go in the back. And so she actually did have to um, show a female security guard you... one of said nipples. But what if... <laughs> really? Yeah. What if it's but what if it's your area? What if it's your you're not your nipple? What if it's your your your, I, your business? I mean, you don't have to like show them the store, do you? I mean, if that's uh, I should hope not. I that just seems that just seems awkward. Well, this is like that whole. Maybe story. there's a separate room for that. I <laughs> like there's a big V on the door. There's. I don't even know why there'd be a V on the door. Is it for victory? No. Is it for vendetta? No. It's for vagina. I've cracked your I've code, heard the Tim. Word Ryan. vagina more in the past. It's V for vagina. Yeah, let's. V for vagina. There has to be a movie or a, like a porn called that. Moving on. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk, <laughs> ladies and gentlefolk. Oh. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. We're gonna have a no vagina zone here for like the next twenty minutes. We're gonna. Uh, we're not gonna use that word. We're just gonna take a little bit of a moratorium. Bit of a. Uh, of a, a vagina vacation. Good morning, everyone. It is 627. It's going to be a rainy weekend. Daytime highs will be near 60. Clark County's foreclosure rate is improving. It's now only the second worst in Washington State. It had been the worst. Well done. Only 1,174 homes were taken back by the bank during the last three months. Wait a minute. So if they're number two, then who is number one? Who is Cowlitz not... County. Cowlitz County. What's even in Cowlitz County? I don't know. But it's north of there. It's part of that no man's land, north, uh, 
as you're driving to Seattle, there's a lot of nothing all the way. And that's part of that. Is it like, is this, when you picture parts of Washington, is it sort of like when you picture one of those cartoony maps that just shows one uh, landmark in every state? Like it shows a big sort of cartoonish space needle. I mean, it's a giant flyover. And then everything else is just blank. I... Look, I hate to put it this way because I know there's people who live there, it's and you like, should always be proud of your town, I guess. But I, I don't. Like a I, giant DB Cooper land. I, yeah, I don't know what's there. I don't know who lives there. Who would want to be there? I mean, I go right from Clark County to King County. That's it, and everything in between is just a big blur to me. Uh, you know, if I don't have to go there to see a show, and if Sir Mixelot doesn't live there, it doesn't. I, you know, doesn't matter to me. I don't pay it. No, never mind, as they say. Uh, one mother is thank your lucky stars after a baby miraculously survived being run over by a train in Australia. You can see this video on my website, this, RileyLive.com. Let me just interrupt for one second to say that you have got to go see this video. So go to RileyLive.com, R-I-L-E-Y-L-I-V-E.com. This is the most unnerving video. And if I did not know, in other words, if I did not have the uh, the information from the Alpha Broadcasting News Department that this was in fact real, I'd think it was a hoax. I would think that it was some sort of like a viral marketing thing or just one of those things where a guy staged like it. Like the flying heenies are behind something else. Exactly, Tim. Like the storm-chasing heenies of uh, wherever the hell. Um, because it is a baby in a carriage. I mean, it's like a, it's like a diploma film. Mm-hmm. The baby in a stroller, and the stroller tips onto a train track like half, half a, a second, second before, before the, the train, train comes. comes by. I mean, it's, it's unbelievably terrifying. And the baby only has minor injuries. It's it's well, so are very resilient. All right. So uh, anyway, do you have the do you have the actual story or the sort of background on this? So anyway, uh, let's see. The six month old was trapped in a stroller at a subway station in suburban Melbourne when a gust of wind suddenly sent the stroller rolling. The security video released today, which you can see at RileyLive.com, shows the mother frantically rushing toward the runaway stroller as it rolls down Ugh. onto the subway platform, onto the tracks, right in front of the moving train. The train pushed the stroller about 130 feet before it came to the stop. So it just pushed the stroller. Wow. Luckily. And the baby has only minor injuries. So but it's I'm, a it, happy, healthy baby. But just reading this story does not do justice to it. I mean, the, the, the stroller tips over and falls on the train tracks, and literally it was like that was the trigger, and the train... It was... I mean, I can make this comparison because the baby's okay. It was like a Looney Tunes cartoon. You know, where Wiley e. Coyote says, and now, you know, and now I will catch the roadrunner. And the train just comes by, like, right out of frame. That's exactly what that looks like, except it's a baby and that the baby is amazingly okay, which I don't get unless there's, like, a huge gap between, the, the, like, the, the bottom of the train and the ground or something. It's 6.30. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's only 6.29, according to this other clock. Oh, 6.29. What is 6.29? I would like to note, by the way, 6.29 is what one clock here says. I have another clock in front of me that says 6.28. I have a clock that says 6.31, and all the clocks in the couple studios say different times as Be well. That as it may. There is, in fact, no way to determine the actual time here in this building. If you are working at KUFO or if you're working at Alpha Broadcasting, the correct time can never be known. It is a thing that is unknowable to you, a mere mortal. If it was correct. How long could we do this? It is information that cannot be gleaned by you in any demonstrable or verifiable form, Tim. Be that as it may. (laughs) I'm air strangling you. (laughs) It is allegedly 629 a.m. What is not alleged is that this time check is delivered to you by Cooney BMW's 29-minute fast and free service. Performance has an address, Cooney BMW. That is also a fact. Let's uh, talk to Ryan. Ryan, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you today? I just wanted to let you know that I have several body piercings in places that I don't like to show just normal people. And I've never set off any sort of uh, 
metal detector. And I've flown all over the country. So you're you have your your business is pierced. Uh, how many yeah. times, sir? I've got my nipples pierced, and I've got a what they call a Prince Albert. And that's the that's the uh, like the it, it's like when Steve Martin used to put an arrow through his head. Only it's not that. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Why would you ever do that to yourself? I did it a long time ago, and I just, you know, don't take it out and just leave it in. I mean, I figure I went through the pain. Why take it out? Right. But I guess at that time, if we were to travel back in the Wayback Machine and say, hey, look, there's uh, there's Ryan. He's going to be... Uh, He's going to be creating a huge hole in his penis yeah. that shouldn't be there. Why would why would Ryan have been doing that? I, it, it's a long story, but it, it just it was one of those days that happened. You know, it I was one of those days. One of those days is like when the bus goes by and splashes you with water, <laughs> or like when your car doesn't want to start. It, does when does you, that ever like catch girls off guard? Yeah, no, it just—it was just a long time ago in a different world. So, see, I'm not—you I'm not passing judgment. I'm just sort of curious about that because I. Well, let me, let me ask you this: uh, Was it a girl or romantic partner who uh, who asked you to do this? Yeah. Ah, uh, see, that's that's what I figured. There's always getting laid is always at the root of these things. That's where it all comes from. Uh, so you, but you've never set off an airport uh, metal thing anywhere. No, never. So I wonder if it is. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, this is why I'm not telling everyone to ignore airport security, but I'm saying that it is useless. So here's a little uh, trade secret from me to you. Airport security doesn't secure anything because I go through the airports uh, here in the in PDX, and this is, here, I'm just going to admit this right here. I lie through my teeth like nobody's business because I don't because I don't like to make their jobs any easier. So I get I get like a couple rings and some bracelets and whatever. I get some jewelry that I wear, and I just lie and say that I can't take it off. Uh, they'll go, sir, you'll need to take those off before you go through. And I just flat out lie to say, hey, they don't come off. They're, uh, no, they're permanent. They're, it's a part of a ritual. It's a religious, they, I can't take them off. Just because I, I don't want to make their job any easier. But when I walk through, it doesn't matter because they never beep. And so, well, like you know, if... The thing, the thing is, is all piercings are surgical steel. Surgical steel doesn't set metal detectors off because if you have a pin in your leg or screws in your arm... That doesn't set a metal detector off either. And that's my whole thing. So then theoretically, and again, I'm not trying to give criminals advice, but theoretically, if you were just to make a whole series of weapons out of surgical steel, nobody would ever know. No, that's a good idea. I'm going to patent that. That's... But that you're the one who described it as a good idea. That's uh, that's a matter of public record. That Rick Emerson did not endorse that as a good idea. I, I do, however, uh, retain 10% of any royalties you should make should you patent that idea. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. You know, I do have a friend who's... Face is made of metal. Who doesn't set off um, metal detectors? What do you mean your friend's face is? Oh, they have many piercings. No, 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 no. When he was little, uh, he ran into a bookshelf and uh, had to have his whole face rebuilt, like the bottom half. My buddy Tuggy. Yes. Yeah. So he had to have his his face rebuilt out of like metal plates. I thought he, maybe he did. I thought maybe he disobeyed the queen. <laughs> he's like, they he's locked like him in a tower. But he doesn't set off metal detectors. Wait a minute. So uh, so he's got like metal plates under his face. Yeah, he scared his dentist. That is awesome. Yeah, he didn't tell so his... So do they spray paint it in a flesh tone? <laughs> Why would he have scared the dentist? Oh, with the x-ray? Yeah, he didn't tell his dentist, and so he was, like, getting the x-rays, and all of a sudden, his dentist came in, and he just looked at him, he looked visibly shaken. he's like... I don't know where Sarah Connor is. He's like, you need to warn people about this. Then that means he can't get an MRI. Why? Oh, because it's a magnet. It would just pull his face right out. Yeah. Oh wow! What if he? What if he didn't know? And it would just it just pull, it would pull your skull right out of your nose. I don't think they oh. ask people if they have metal in their face. Well, he would presumably know. They would. They must have. Uh, they could we stick point. magnets to his face? I don't know. I'm sensing a new viral video. <laughs> All right, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Coming up uh, here in just a Use bit. Use him we'll as a human refrigerator. Talk to. Okay. 
I don't really know how that follows. You'll have to explain that. You have to demonstrate that during the break. Refrigerators and some magnets. Some sort of a, a schematic. Straight ahead, we have more from Tim Riley coming up later on The Week in Geek. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in ADHD. Let's just remember to scream until Daddy stops. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. You're awesome. <laughs> well, I try. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles will talk about Balloon Boy, the most despised child ever. Coming up at 7.20, Aaron Durant at the Week in Geek. At 7.40, we'll have our... Uh, I was going to say spoiler-free, but there's not a lot of spoilers anyway. Uh, but our review of where the wild things are. Uh, 8 o'clock, we will talk to TMZ. Marco Gonzalez in for Dax Holt. Uh, TMZ. This, however, is Tim Riley at the news desk. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everybody. It is 646. It's going to be a tremendously rainy weekend. High temperatures near 60. This is a mandatory furlough day for state employees. The first of nine of these scattered over the next two years. Supposed to save a couple million dollars, they say. So what's closed today? Unemployment. But you can do it all online and on the phone. You know that. DMV also closed. You don't want to go there anywhere. And human services who don't help anyone. Among those agencies closed today because it is an official state furlough day. So let's uh, talk about the most despised child in America. And uh, let's see, we are talking about... He is the son of the uh, the storm-chasing heenies, which, by the way, seems to be a mispronunciation. I wonder if maybe they're just doing that for comic effect, because it's spelled... The last name is spelled... Oh, Heens? H-E-N-N-E. Henna, which is how I would figure it was pronounced. But I it spelled H-E-E-N-E-Y as well. Really? Maybe it can't be known. Maybe that's not their real last name. Returning for a second swap are the incredible storm-chasing heenies of Colorado. That is awesome. Storm season is over, but the heenies still live a life of adventure. Mom Mayumi is devoted to helping her fringe scientist and inventor husband Richard build a flying saucer and hunt for UFOs, as they hope to find evidence supporting their belief that all humans are descended from aliens. Wow. First of all, fringe scientist is code for crackpot. Let's just all let's have any illusions about that just gotten rid of right now. When you call somebody a fringe scientist, there is no fringe science. There is only science. And anything else is just made up gibberish. Uh, it's like when they talk about, well, they'll talk about um, sort of, a, they'll, they'll talk about spiritual science. There is no spiritual science. There, there is there. There's stuff that's real, and then there's stuff that you've made up. It's just like like Christian scientists. That I mean, really, there's I mean, fringe scientist. That's like when they talk about cryptozoology. Cryptozoology is the study of you know of things that a guy made out of uh, some driftwood that he floated in Loch Ness and then took a photo of to show his friends at the pub. That's what cryptozoology is. Also. The incredible storm chasing heenies sounds like it would be the name of like a fringe sporting team, maybe from MIT or something. It would be like uh, what is it, Santa Cruz? Is it is where's the fighting banana slugs? I think it's I think it's the University of Santa Cruz is fighting banana slugs. That's right. Yeah. So the storm chasing heenies, though. I'm only familiar with the banana splits. The the, the, the Which incredible we saw yesterday storm chasing heenies that would be from like uh, that would be from like the International uh, Institute of Weather or something that they would have in uh, you know in Nantucket. Here's Tim Riley. Well, Jerome's everyone everyone's breakfast this morning on the Today Show. The incredible storm chasing heenies became 
What an incredible vomiting he needs. But he'd ask him if they could show, he would show them uh, how he got in the attic. So he was obliging them. And uh, one of the guys told him it was for some... Um, Mom. One of the guys told me it was for Mom, some hand him a tray uh, TV quick. show. So Here we that's go. what he was referring to. It's awesome. Oh, poor kid. By the way, it's just not his fault. He has horrible parents. No, I mean, I you know what are you going to do? I mean, being on the you know being on TV is weird anyway. But especially if you're there, and this is just our estimation. We're not saying this is the case. But if you're there, and maybe Dad is making you pass off some uh, the whole cloth story. As the truth, you know, who's to say how that might turn out for Children you? Children always a... encourage a lie, so their parents can be in the limelight. I mean, That's why they have them. That... And it looks like they had a whole batch of them very quickly. Well, they always do. I mean, families like this can never stop at just one. It's always, they just got to crank those things out like a, like a, like chocolate, you know, like a chocolate assembly line to, to Lucy. Um, let's do one more here, and then we will uh, sort of take a break. Well, a lot of people are upset across this great land over this whole thing. By the way, balloon boy, safe! Yeah! Balloon Boy is safe. So all that heartache that he put his parents and the really the entire nation through, uh, for nothing. <laughs> Let's get Balloon Boy. I am happy though. Quickly, he's safe. Get him. Now I this do, family must be destroyed. But that's the thing is I. That is an imperative. That's actually an order. That I, is the American way. I do like the idea, though, that we've all skipped over the kid, that we somehow all looked at each other, you know, like half a second later and went, well, it's probably the parents. Uh, and another, the blame is seeming to go where it sort of uh, rightfully belongs, on the uh, on the parental units in these storm-chasing heenies. Let's tie this all together, by the way. We'll tie in the vomiting kid with the storm-chasing heenies with this vomit during a tornado. This is one of our most requested sound bites, and we haven't played this in quite some time. This sound comes to us from uh, YouTube, as many things do. We had a guy send it to us uh, a while back. This is the sound made by one guy looking out the window of his house as a tornado is sighted on the horizon. I think they're somewhere in Kansas. So it is a guy, his wife, and I believe a friend of the family. They are all in the living room. Filming out the living room window with a camcorder as a tornado is seen down the street. Now, keep in mind, the tornado is actually far enough away. It is not endangering the guys who are filming this. It is not threatening them in, in any way. He's just decided to film it. Meanwhile, though, a friend of his who is like five feet away is becoming visibly and orally ill. You can you can really register this with all of your senses if you watch this, but it's just even hearing the sound, you can tell what's going on. So I give you tornado vomit. Somebody call David, 8183, tell him the tornado's right over his house. Yeah, I've seen that. This thing is massive. Oh, my God. I was waiting for that microwave tower to go. <laughs> There's the friend. Uh, plug it into a plug-in. Uh, anywhere, right? First plug-in you see. You want that on tape? Oh, it is. Holy, oh my god, they're losing shingles now. Hey, somebody's losing something. It's right there. 
Yeah, yeah Morgan, get downstairs. It's okay. How could somebody have that much vomit? I have never gotten tired of this. We probably played this a, a thousand times, and it's never burned out. Oh, man. And the best part is how the first time the guy vomits... I mean, that's clearly, as you pointed out, that's a lot of that's a, that's a lot of stomach contents being uh, dumped out there. And the guy doesn't even notice because the first thing he said, look at the shingles. The shingles are coming off a roof across town. Meanwhile, his friend, who's like three feet away, is just hurling all of his breakfast onto the floor. Presumably, you know, the floor of this guy who's filming, who's going to have to clean it up. We'll play that again on the other side. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Coming up at the top of the hour, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop joins us from Los Angeles to talk about... Balloon Boy. The Rick Emerson Show returns next. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO, and good morning to you. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Coming up at uh, 8 o'clock this morning, we will talk to uh, Marco Gonzalez from TMZ, who is in for Dax Hole today. We'll have our review of where the wild things are coming up at uh, 740. At 720, Aaron Duran will have the Week in Geek. Aaron Duran, what uh, manner of geekery will you be covering for the people of Portland? This manner of geekery will be undead on stage, shameless self-promotion, and undead stormtroopers. Fantastic. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines for you on this Friday morning. The most despised child in America, the balloon boy, throws up twice this morning during breakfast shows on television. That is fantastic. This is a mandatory furlough day for state employees. And a mixed-race couple trying to get married in Louisiana, but are not allowed to do so. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. If you are uh, caller 10 right now, by the way, you're going to pick yourself up a pair of tickets to Fright Town, the haunted attraction underneath Memorial Coliseum, open through the month of October. Something for everybody who loves a good haunted house. Three scary attractions, including Baron Von Gulu's Museum of Horrors. So if you are caller uh, 10 right now at 503 228 for 101, you will uh, pick up a pair of tickets to Fright Town. And later on today, you want to be listening for the Simpsons theme. Later on, later on, later on, when you hear the Simpsons theme, uh, you'll have a shot at winning a copy of the brand new book, The Uncensored, uh, Unauthorized Behind the Scenes History of the Simpsons. Let's welcome now to the Rick Harrison Show. From Los Angeles, CNN radio correspondent and man of the world, Jim Roop. Hello, sir. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. You are talking a bit about America's favorite child, Balloon Boy. What a weird story this is. First of all, I, let me just, we were, uh, yesterday afternoon we got to go see this this kind of preview screening of where the wild things are. And so, you know, we're all there, me and Tim and Sarah and Greg and everybody. And we're there, and we had not, uh, we'd, you know, we'd missed out on part of it. We'd missed part of the story. And so suddenly we're all, like, on our Blackberries, looking it up, looking at the story, seeing what's going on. And it was, like, weird layers of unfolding because it's like, well, first, have you heard about this kid? Then, oh, my God, it's a homemade balloon. Then, oh, we think the part of the balloon fell off. Then, like, about five minutes later, one of us discovered that the parents had been on this weird reality show. I saw that. And, I mean, yeah, that's when it kind of all started to seem a little odd. So... What 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 is the sort of upshot here? What do we kind of know? Well, we it's more of what we don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, what we do know is that the boy was never in that balloon. Uh, he was hiding in the attic of the family garage, and he sort of alluded to 
that they did this for a show on Larry King Live last night. The father can't seem to explain that. When asked about that comment, uh, the father sort of hem-hauled and, and um, never really answered the question. Then again, this morning it was posed to him. You would think over an eight to ten hour period... You could at least fabricate an answer. At the very least, say, look, he's a six-year-old kid. He's going to say stuff. At least say that. You know, but instead he says, well, I couldn't hear Wolf in one ear, the thing in the ear, and then everybody's noise over here. I really didn't. And he never answered the question. T Tim, do we have the actual sound of the kid? All right, so Tim Riley has said, this is the sound of the kid. Uh, they are uh, talking to Wolf Blitzer, and, oh, uh, and the, the kid says something to the effect of... He says something very. We'll play it here in a second. But it, the, the, you know, the the uh, the dad says, "Did you hear us calling your name?" And the kid says, um, "Yeah." And the dad says, "Why didn't you come out?" And the kid says something like, "We did it for the show." Is Tim's computer up? Did he up hear some? anything? Did uh, he hear you screaming out, Falcon? Falcon. That's uh, the kid's he, name. He asked him, Falcon. Did you hear us calling your name at any time? Mm -hmm. You did. You did. Well, why didn't you come out? Um. You guys said. Yeah, we did this for a show. Which just seems odd for a child to say. And the thing that we noted earlier is that when the dad is asking him, did you hear us call your name at any time? If so, why didn't you come out? I don't really know what's going on here, but it does sound like a sort of oddly formal tone the dad is using. It's this strangely mannered tone of voice, almost as though... He is going over some sort of answer with the kid, you know, sort of between the lines there that they've talked about before. Yeah, uh, I, in the news conference yesterday, uh, the boy said that he was afraid because his dad had yelled at him, so he was hiding. Um, I mean, I'm, I've been there, you know. Yeah. We've done something we should have done. We, we go hiding for a little while and get in trouble for that, not so much for the incident that we thought we were going to be in trouble uh, for in the first place. Now, didn't the brother say that he saw the kid get in the balloon? Well, that's the story. But the brother never really, you know, it's, no, one's ever, no one's really sticking to any consistent story, it seems. And, you know, I don't want to say this was a hoax. I, but, I, but I did see that episode of Wipe, Wipe Swap that this family was on. Oh, they seem nuts. The only reason I watched it, my kids were flipping through the channel, and there was this guy chewing out this woman. And I said, what is that? And we started watching it, and that, that family is out there. I'm telling you, they're out there. And he's been an eye reporter for CNN.com. He has posted some of his storm-chasing stuff with us, and he takes the whole family with him. So they are used to show stuff. I mean, they're always, uh, they're always looking for that right. next camera. So that's one of the reasons why the speculation. The second speculation for me is, well, this, this dad can't seem to answer this question. Right. You know, um, but what parent in the right mind would do something like that? Uh, if if it turns out this was a hoax or a stunt of some kind, just so this guy can can um, uh, put a spotlight on his so-called Jetson type uh, hovercraft. That's what he called it. It's a Jiffy Pop bag. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's weird. He was talking about it yesterday. Well, you know, it's a it's a out of the garage type of Jetson vehicle kind of thing where uh, it uses helium because you can recycle helium and then we use a million volts of electricity. It creates a plasma screen so you can move it forward and backward. I mean, this guy was like, what? So it's very, very strange. It's like one of those silver Mylar balloons you get at the Ralph's checkout yeah, that says happy anniversary. Yeah. 
and seven feet wide. Exactly. You know? so, I mean, it was. You could think, man, there's a kid in that thing. And I started right. calling doctors. What's the helium effect? Because I remember in 2006 there was a, a couple of college kid crawled inside a huge helium balloon that was used for a marketing or, or a display of some kind. They died from breathing the helium. Right. So I'm finding out how much oxygen, how high is it, how cold is it? Because when I was flying helicopters for a KNX here, we couldn't go above like 8,000 feet right. because there was no oxygen and it was too cold. So we had to stay low. So I'm thinking, what is going on with this kid? And then it turns out he was never in the balloon in the first place. Well, there was a flight. I was on my way to Colorado. <laughs> I was packing up. I mean, it was crazy, man. And then you got to ask yourself, well, like, what kind of dad is taking you to ask what kind of dad is just leaving this balloon around in the backyard or whatever? What kind of dad is taking their kids out chasing tornadoes, which are things that will pick up your RV and toss it into the next county? Man, if you can, if you can watch this episode of Wife Swap, Oh, I think everybody's going to be watching this episode of Wife Swap today. I, I just, it, it was just on like a week ago. This, uh, that was the weirdest thing for me. It was like, oh, I just saw this guy, you know? And, and he, 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 he made this woman's life so miserable that he was singing a, um, a, 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 an apology. I guess they're also amateur musicians. She plays the guitar. He plays the piano <laughs> or something. But, and so they got this sound studio in their house. You know, they're, they're amateur everything. They're amateur scientists. They're amateur musicians. And it's just a very weird thing. Yes, in no way do they seem like attention-seeking whack jobs. There's no evidence oh, for that. No, of course not. There's the average American leave it to Beaver family. The best part, though, well, there's two things. One, the other thing that seemed a little wonky to me yesterday, and I'm not saying that, like, I knew it before everybody else, but it just seemed odd that the brother said, well, he saw the kid get into the balloon or the, 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 the craft, and then the next thing you knew, the craft had gone, which indicates... That there was some sort of an internal launch mechanism, which doesn't make any sense because the dad immediately said, well, people were never meant to be in it. It was just meant to be unarmed or unmanned. So you, you, like, there would be no reason to have a thing inside where you could launch it like from in, you know, internally. And the second thing that we love about this is from that episode of Wife Swap. At one point, the guy who's the announcer for Wife Swap says, when we come back, more of the amazing storm-chasing heenies, <laughs> which is like the best name for a circus troupe that has never existed. You know what I mean? <laughs> or I was I was comparing to like the fighting banana slugs at Santa Cruz or something. The storm-chasing heenies is like, that is the best case, the, 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 like uh, Montezuma's revenge that you would ever get, where you just like, you got to stay near a toilet all the time because the storm-chasing heenies are really threatening to put a crimp in your day. I think I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about this as as the story continues. I, it, it it just is it's pretty freaky. I mean, the balloon was supposed to be tethered and then it took off. The kid was supposed to be in it. I mean, we had people at CNN calculating it needed twenty seven hundred pounds of per, per inch of, right. of helium. It only had about twenty five hundred to even lift the kid. Right? Yeah. I mean, so and then all of a sudden, all this other weird stuff happening. He may have fallen to his death. Oh my gosh! I mean, if if I, if or I, this family should be in a lot of trouble if this turns out to be a hoax. I'm just saying, the next time maybe you're feeling a little under the weather, uh, maybe. Your immune system is not cooperating with you. I want you to tell the folks at CNN that you are, uh, you'll report, but you're going to have to do so from the bathroom because the storm chasing, bad case of the storm chasing heenies. It's, uh, you don't even want to come in here. It's ugly. All right. Have a good week. Have a good weekend, Jim. There you go. I love that guy. It's like a storm in my pants. Uh, wow. All right. Straight Sorry. ahead. Aaron Duran. <laughs> The irrepressible Aaron Duran with the week in geek coming up later on. Our review of where the wild things are, 740, 8 o'clock, TMZ. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We're back after this live from beautiful downtown Portland. Storm chasing any. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up uh, later on this hour, around 740, we will have our review of where the wild things are. 8 o'clock, TMZ.com will join us to give us all the uh, news in the world of celebrity scandal. Tim Riley's tracking these headlines on your Friday morning. Portland police have arrested a man for making funny money and passing it around at the Oregon State Fair. Clark County's foreclosure rate is improving. And a giant tigered playhouse must be moved or destroyed. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from geekinthecity.com, Mr. Aaron Duran with the Weekend Geek Closer. Greetings, programs. How are you? I'm fantastic. You're wearing this shirt uh, that this is... It's a fantastic shirt. So this is a knockoff of the E.T. shirt where it's the silhouette. It's like the Amblin logo where it's the silhouette yeah. of Elliot and E.T. in the basket going across the, you know, the, the, the moon. And you can sort of see their silhouettes against the moon. Uh, there really ought to be one of those, though, where they're in front of the moon, and then there's like the, um, and then the three wolves from the three wolf moon shirt yes. are peeking out of the basket. That's just my <laughs> observation. And then it can be replaced by the keyboard cat. Except this isn't quite ET. It's alien. This is xenomorph. Right. But I'm saying instead of the alien in Elliot's basket, it would be like a thing on a thing oh, okay. on a thing. Whatever. Because in my head, whenever I see this shirt, I just kind of sing, you know, I'm eating your heart light. Nom, nom, nom. Moving forward, you started it. What's happening this weekend, Aaron Duran? <laughs> this weekend is all dead, dead, dead. Um, but not as in boring, but as in dead. Uh, first off, tickets go <laughs> tickets go on sale for the uh, theatrical performance of Nosferatu by the Atomic oh. Art Studio. So now this is similar to, but different than the theatrical Night of the Living Dead thing? Correct. It's, they're both two different theater companies, both great. Uh, Night of the Living Dead is Blue Monkey, uh, uh, Blue Monkey Theater. Atomic Art Studio, they're the guys who did the Trek in the Park. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Uh, starting October 30th, and I believe running through November 24th, every Friday and Saturday, they are doing Nosferatu live on stage. And so for those who don't know, so and I really don't know that much about it, so Nosferatu is sort of the, that is an that is like kind of a, an early 20th century vampire 19, film? 1922, based upon Bram Stoker's book, but they didn't get permission uh, so when the Bram Stoker's widow sued, the courts ruled in her favor, and the judges ordered every copy to be destroyed. Uh, now, of course, copies have survived, and it's it's still, 1922, it's still one of the most horrifying movies ever made. And in fact, uh, many critics, including Roger Ebert, consider it to be the greatest vampire film ever made. And so it those... came out of that German expressionist dark and that's and Max mean. Shrek, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, the actor played Max. The, the actor's name means maximum fear. And so and it seems like that's in every single movie too. Whenever they're watching a horror movie, you see that guy, you know, walking up because it's so iconic, mm-hmm. right? And, it, and, and public domain. So and <laughs> Nosferatu is the movie that was the basis for that Shadow of the Vampire film that came out with Willem Dafoe years ago. All right, yeah, okay. and then uh, Werner Herzog did a remake in the. 1970 starring Klaus Kinski, which right. is also awesome. Yeah, well, that's because he's terrifying. Yeah. Klaus Kinski is a freaky guy. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> excellent. So a live, so a live stage performance of the early 20th century film. Blah, right. Blah blah blah. Right. Uh-huh. Blah blah yeah. blah. Drink your blood. Uh, blah, blah. You can go to atomic-arts.com to find out more. Um, also, this week, uh, this Saturday at the Beaverton Powells. Joel Schreiber will be signing copies of the newest Star Wars novel, Death Troopers. Now, is this why I've been getting... I, I've been so behind on my email this week. Is this why I'm getting all these emails that have the subject line that say Star Wars zombies? Yep, that's exactly it. I sent you one, too. <laughs> I just... I, and I saw it, and I went, uh, okay. So, like, I sort my mail sometimes with sort of like, you know, hate mail, hate mail, bacon, bacon, zombies, boobs, zombies, zombies, boobs, wood boobs, chipper. wood chipper, Star Wars zombies, Star Wars zombies, and... 
And but like on the third one of those, I didn't have time to read it. But I was like, because the thing is, I kind of sort a lot of my mail during the week, and then I'll right. take like hours in the weekend, and I'll just block it out and answer it all. And I was like, I can't wait to find out why I'm getting all these emails that say Star Wars zombies. It's uh, the book cover is pretty righteous. It shows a. Uh, it shows the head of a stormtrooper that's been all bloodied hanging from a meat hook. Awesome. So, um, yeah, the premise is pretty simple. An imperial jail barge called the Purge needs repairs and finds a star destroyer adrift in space. And when they arrive, the zombies are waiting for it's them. It's been all revered out. Oh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Um, both Joel Schreiber and uh, Andy or uh, Adam Roscoe of Atomic Arts Theater uh, both appear on this week's episode of Geek in the City Radio. We interview both of them. So uh, you can find out more about both productions. And then finally, this weekend, I believe, the Friends of the Lone Fur Cemetery are yes. starting their tours. Which is awesome, by the it way. Is. We've I've only been there by myself. I've never been on a tour. Oh, you have yeah, to the, go on the, the tour. is awesome. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, you know, again, I'm just saying this is, as a fan. Uh, and I had them on Outlook Portland uh, last year to talk about this. They... Yeah, the tour of the Lone First Cemetery, if you've not gone, it's great. I mean, it Aaron can great. talk more about yeah, it, but it's, it's great. Uh, it's a suggested donation of $5. Uh, they do can't, they do after, after dark candle lit tours, and they take you to some of the more infamous people that are buried in the Lone First Cemetery. And that's the cemetery right off um, southeast Belmont. And it's so the, right between like Stark and Belmont. And it's right? the yeah. oldest cemetery in Portland. Yeah. And it also has what's considered one of the most single haunted gravestones in the country. Which one is that? It's the big mausoleum. <gasps> the one with the broken angel faces on it? Yes. Oh, that With the wrought iron fence around it. Yeah. But the tour is fantastic. And I do believe this year they're going to continue the tradition of as they're walking you around their tour guide at the more infamous stones, an actor comes out in character and explains their story and then steps behind the grave again. It was really cool. Uh, you walk through, it's pitch it's black. Awesome. There's it, there's pitch black, but they've got, you know, whatever, the, the paper bags with the candles or whatever like that. That lights your way. But a tour guide takes you through. And this sounds like a, I should say for the record, this sounds like a thing that would be hokey, but it's not. It sounds. they're not trying to scare you. That's the thing is that like they're not trying, yeah, they're not trying to, you know, Halloween. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it is like a walking tour, but the gimmick is, and it sounds corny, but it's very cool. Well, that cemetery is unnerving during the day. It is. It's a freaky place. And when you but walk through. I find it so peaceful. <laughs> I go there and read. Yeah. <laughs> As you go through the tour, you'll get actors who will step out from the dark because it's, you know, off the path. It's, you can't see anything. And they'll step out and they'll say, you know, and I can't do the accents, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of immigrants. And so they'll, you know, there's one guy last year who stepped out and he said, my name is blah, 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 you know, Flanagan, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, I, he's just like, I'm from Ireland. I was the first police officer killed in the line of duty in Portland. Mm -hmm. Here's how it happened. He's like, I moved here, blah, 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 to support my family. I became a police officer. On the night of 1905, you know, October 7th or whatever, I went to a bar brawl, blah, blah, blah. There's, was, a, song, there's a song based on that guy. He was actually, he was, yeah, he was the first Portland officer killed, but he was killed off duty. Yeah. He was in the, he saw a fight happening. He's like, I'm not on duty, but I'm still the cop. He tried to break it up and he got killed. And then, so, and then the character tells you the whole story as though he were that guy. And then, and then the actor kind of steps back into the shadows and then the so tour cool. continues. It is fantastic. And it finally. Is, and when is this playing? I do believe it starts this weekend and they'll run all the way through Halloween. But here's the thing. You got to like, but like get your ticket. It's early because the line is just unreal. The line to get into the Lone First Cemetery tour is unbelievable. So you, you, yeah, you gotta like get your tickets early, like do it. I'm, and I'm not. That's not like a paid it, thing. I'm just saying yeah, it's a cool it all, thing you ought to do. And it all goes to a good cause because the Lone First Cemetery it's part of Metro, so it's a, you know by default a nonprofit group. Metro doesn't have a lot of money to maintain these cemeteries, so the Friends of Lone Fur. All the money goes into keeping that cemetery up. It is still also an active cemetery. You yeah. can still buy plots there. Oh, I saw somebody, yeah, I saw a funeral there a couple days ago. I've been tempted, Jen and I have been tempted to buy plots there just because we love it so much. <laughs> Final thing about this, you know who else is buried uh, at Lone for Cemetery? I mean, there's like a billion people. Well, you cool recognize people. names like the Killingsworths are, are buried there, the And Dr., uh, Dr. Hawthorne, Dr. Hawthorne, who ran the Hawthorne Mental Asylum, is there. 
that were, Hawthorne Boulevard used to be known as Asylum Avenue. And so, yeah, Dr. Hawthorne, who ran the asylum, is buried there, and his Maybe grave is freaky. Uh, yeah, and in fact, all around Dr. Hawthorne, he was so revered that he buried most of his patients that couldn't afford it that were living at the hospital. So all around Dr. Hawthorne or a bunch of crazy people. Including a woman who uh, bludgeoned her husband to death with an axe. He's Aaron Duran, ladies and gentlemen. Geekinthecity.com uh, is the website. Geekinthecity.com, the week in geek. Coming up next, our review of Where the Wild Things Are, and at 8 o'clock... We will talk to uh, uh, Marco Gonzalez from TMZ. Stay there. We return momentarily. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Like this. This is Rock 101. You, sir, I'm not going to amount to much. (laughs) KUFO. Excellent. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we will talk to uh, Mr. Marco Gonzalez from TMZ.com. He is in for Dax Holt. Tim Riley is tracking these headlines on your Friday morning. They deceived the country and now America wants revenge. The second swap are the incredible storm-chasing heenies of Colorado. They're going to have to pay. They will. It's a mandatory furlough day for state offices. Don't expect anybody to be open. And a bit that oh, we have to get to that playhouse story in Tigard. And of course, there's an interracial wedding that did not happen in Louisiana. So that's on the way as well. Plus again, TMZ coming up at uh, eight o'clock. It's five oh three two two eight four one oh one. Five oh three two two eight four one oh one. And we should say before we do anything else that we got to see where the wild things are. Uh, yesterday. Yes. And uh, so we went away, I think, the Roseway, because that was a, uh, there was a fantastic place to see that movie. That's I mean, just a beautiful the, theater. Well, that's, and, and Court and Fatboy do those loud shows there from time to time where it's like, you know, they'll get a movie that has a lot of action or like, I think they did Star Trek, and they'll do, you know, that's what it sounds like. It's a screening where everything is sort of cranked up really loud. And I was like, well, what, what is that going to be like? But that place is really amazing. I mean, and I'm not, this is not a thing. I'm not just saying that it's like a shield or something. I mean, it's the digital uh, projection of the picture and the sound. And I mean, just the, the sort of, um, just the seats and the layout itself. Yeah, it was just mind blowing. So comfortable. Yeah. It was magic. It really is, uh, it really was quite a place. How comfortable were those seats, Tim? I'm telling you, you could fall asleep without trying. Could you fall asleep <laughs> twice during where the wild things are and, uh, try to well, piece together the story later? It was, it was kind of in the middle of my nap time. I'm a company player, as you well know, and I go along with everything. But usually during that time of the day, I am taking my little siesta. It is was that why in the you... middle of all of our nap time? Yeah. It was. Is this why you sat in the back? Yes. <laughs> Uh, what? I mean, was this for prolonged periods of time? I guess you wouldn't even know. I don't know. But, but when I woke up, I had no problem catching up with the action. Excellent. Uh, well, we can just go around the room and kind of give our uh, just give our thoughts on it. Um, I will start. I made uh, I made three small notes to myself here. And again, I, I guess we should say that we're going to talk about where the wild things are, but there really aren't any spoilers. It's a, look, it's not like the kid is really a sled or something at the end. So it's I, I, if you ever read the book, I hate to tell this to you, uh, but it's a kid in a wolf suit who goes off uh, to a land of monsters after a fight with his mom, blah, 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 hangs out with the monsters, learns a little something about himself in the process, which I think is is sort of implicitly uh, made clear in both the book and the movie, and then goes back home the end. So all of that being said, um, the three notes I made, and I, I actually jotted these down to myself immediately after the movie ended yesterday. One... I should say that I give the movie, I guess, a thumbs up first. Of, first of all, before I say anything else, I, I do think I think it's a thing you ought to see. A because it's it's beautifully made because it's Spike Jones film, and he even Spike Jones is like David Fincher, who like even even his bad movies look great and they're sort of fantastic to watch and the just the aesthetic value of them. 
is uh, is great. So I think you ought to see it. But I did write down to myself, is it possible for a movie to be fascinating and boring at the same time? I believe totally. this movie has yeah. straddled that line. It seems like it is a movie that, like, if you were a college student who wanted to sit around and get baked with your friends, you would just have weeks worth of conversation about this film. I mean, which leads me to point number two. This is like someone's master's thesis on where the wild things are as it relates to child psychology, but done with puppets, <laughs> which is totally what it is. It is like someone has taken a 500-page analysis of what where the wild things are is all about. And, you know, like what? Well, this character, the character of Carol uh, clearly represents the child's id, whereas the uh, character... is the mother. Yeah, the, exactly. It's the mother character and is the more maternal side uh, that, uh, that all uh, children, even boys, have where um, Arthur, whatever, the chicken guy, there's a character who looks like a chicken. You know, he's, oh. he's clearly the kid's intellect. He's the kid's, um, he is the kid's left brain part. I mean, it's, and then the sheep guy's like the insecurity, right? Yeah, which, and I'm not faulting the movie for that, and I'm not trying to sound smarter than the room by pointing that out. I mean, I think everybody, obviously everybody sort of knows that the, the monsters are a representation of the kid being angry. But it is sort of a, it is a question of like, well, like, do you want to see the math? You know what I mean? Do you want to see it all kind of laid out? Which is maybe one of my only issues with the film. And my final version, uh, my final uh, note here about where the wild things are is that this is, I wrote this down to myself about half an hour in. This is like watching a children's version of The Cell with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> if you've seen The Cell, which you might have blinked and missed a few years I ago. I love The Cell. The Cell yeah. is about uh, is a, is about Jennifer Lopez who goes into the, literally like into the brain of a serial killer to find out where he's keeping a girl. Vince D'Onofrio. He is so handsome in that movie, which makes me feel broken. And so the entire movie is her wandering around inside the consciousness of a serial killer. So you see all this bizarre, effed up imagery that is sort of a physical manifestation manifestation of his craziness this is like a mr rogers it's it, it is like a sesame street version of the cell starring a kid where he goes into his own head and it, they're all crazy puppets that might kill you you know i mean it's just <laughs> but you know they love you even as they're threatening to pull out your spine it's just it which makes it sound like i'm dogging the film and i'm really not i think you ought to see it because it's interesting it's incredibly interesting but i don't really know that i i don't really know that it has a lot of rewatch value for me uh sarah I don't think I'll watch it again. I kind of was freaked out by it because it seemed like that kid was so unhinged. He unnerved me like he really did. I felt like he was going to do something evil at any moment. Um, the way he was so like utterly spastic, especially at the beginning with the dog. And right. like, that kid is a, is a freak. <laughs> I mean, God love him, but it made me a little nervous. Um, I thought it was really cool, the correlation between the puppets and people. Like it, I really wasn't distracted by any of the technology used to make the creatures. Like They looked like they were real. Were you distracted by James Gandolfini's voice? I was distracted by the voices. The uh, whole time I was trying to figure out, A, who was KW's voice. Right. That was so distracting. B, if it was, yeah, James Gandolfini. And it was like being in a New York deli. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, it took so long just to get over the fact that Tony Soprano was That's, talking to a little see, kid. Yeah. And I hate that because I'm contributing to typecasting. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad. See, you know, I feel like I don't apologize to you and Tim because you're actors. That I'm contributing to typecasting by going, ah, it just sounds like Tony Well, Soprano. the thing is, I mean, he was angry, too. So on top of it, it's not like he had a different persona. I mean, he was an angry guy with... Tony Soprano's voice. I mean, it, it's just, it's hard not to think of Tony Soprano. And he had that one tick where he goes, yeah, and breathes through his yeah, nose. Yeah, heavy breathing. When he's really, and it's, yeah, when he's angry. And he had, like, totally the runny nose, too, yeah. that that character did. Completely. I don't know, I liked it. Yeah, that same thing, though. You nailed it. Fascinating, but boring. Yeah. It yeah. was that same thing. Like, I, I wasn't too bored, but I was kind of bored. Tim? Well, there were some other things that bothered me. How do they build this gigantic fort 
without any tools to construction materials. <laughs> and where did they find all this stuff? The logistic where, underpinnings of where the well, wild things are. I mean, I have never seen anything built so fast without any labor. And I've seen, you know, I'm, I mean, several construction areas. And they didn't even leave a map. You're analyzing the construction areas of a fictional monster island. You're wondering if they had to import cheap labor from, like, some sort of an unlicensed country, a magical dream country across right, the border. And, and who cleaned up the mess? And then afterwards, they didn't even do anything with the interior. So what was the use? Well, it probably wasn't a union job. Secondly, the owls are great. They should get their own spinoff. The knock-knock joke they owls. And I don't think they're in the it. book, right? Mm-mm. No. So I realize we're talking about a thing probably nobody's seen. That was seen. the funniest thing I saw. There is a little sound. sequence with some... I don't some, know why it was so funny. There's a sequence with some sort of puppet owls uh, there, which makes it sound weird, but they're they're kind of funny. It's a little it's a little side note uh, in the movie that is, uh, that is I think, pretty, pretty amusing. And it's like, how could you be mean to owls? No. I, I, I was just, and at the end, the end, what kind of parenting is this? This kid runs... <laughs> first of all... The, the other thing Should is... Should we give a spoiler warning here? I mean, the kid goes back home at the end. Everybody knows that. That's yeah. how the book goes. And, and, and gets a, so. a dessert like you buy a P.F. Chang's as a reward. <laughs> Have a great wall of chocolate. Thanks for running Basically, away. Thanks yeah. for running away. And the other thing is, when he gets out of the boat in this costume and he's soaking wet, how did he climb up the side <laughs> of the hill? That, that costume would weigh like 20 tons... And he'd fall in real life. He'd fall back into the water and drown. You are such a killjoy. He's battling the logistics. They, they also never eat. <laughs> I know. They never the, eat. And then when he goes inside anything. KW's stomach, it's like empty. Oh, that was terrible. Well, because she, has no, she had no gag reflex whatsoever. And then there's a raccoon inside for someone known. And that weird like sequence when they're having the heart to heart when he's in her stomach and she's outside. So now we've that, entered the realm of things that are just completely the mystifying. World. If you haven't and, seen and the you film, you wonder what end is he going to come out of at the. I know. Greg Nibbler? Uh, well, the first thing that I noticed right off the bat is how angry and disturbed a kid that that kid is. Oh. I mean, that child is messed up. I've got a lot of friends that work with, like, Somebody should disturbed children, like children that need special care, basically locked up. And this kid is one of those. See, what does it say this about me? This kid is messed up. It must say something weird about me that I didn't find that to be, the, like, I didn't find the kid to be that, that it was, unhinged. It was well, he unnerving. Bit, he bit his mother. There's that, see, there's the one thing there, I was going to say, there's the one moment in the beginning where he bites the mom when she's trying to discipline him um but i just like i guess i didn't find i guess maybe i think that the movie is like is viewed through the prism of being a kid where everything is exaggerated where everything is sort of amplified so he's a super villainous kid and the mom you know and he like you know everything like his emotions are all these huge monsters and the dog you know in the in the alternate world is gigantic i thought maybe that was like a little artistic license that that's how kids see everything is like in shades of primary colors well he's being filled up with chocolate cake and the mother wonders why he's she's getting bitten in the shoulder it is so fortunate that (laughs) none of us are parents we would be the worst parents on earth and take out the Ritalin. He ought to be beaten. Uh, so she needs to drug that kid. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, that's a, that kid needs help. I think that'll be in the help. sequel. Yeah. Yeah, that kid needs he therapy. Needs help. Yeah, I couldn't even see him as a cute spastic boy. He looked like he needed medication. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's disturbing. Um, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, this movie, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Like, great cinematography. You know, I like how they did it, the artistic side of it. But it's not really a kid's movie. No. I don't... It's not a, it's I, not a kid. I'm, the kid's got to be flying away in helium balloons somewhere. Yeah. I have to... I have to say that I'm unclear about who this movie is for, though. Where the wild things are, because uh, on the one hand, it is, I don't necessarily share the assessment that it's too scary for kids. I, I always figure that kids, I think kids can handle a lot more than, than we think they can. I That Juliet, or what, Julian, Julie, whatever, the, the lady with the horn on her nose? Uh-huh. One of the monsters. She was scary. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the kid. I don't think it has to do with age. I think some kids can handle that stuff, and I think some kids can't. I, I think adults... I think adults put this retroactive softness on kids in terms of what movies they can watch. But I, I would say that I don't know, but I do wonder, like, who the target audience for Where the Wild Things are actually is, though, because it seems like 
there was like so many things that were just over explained, like over and over. And like, how many times do I need to have it made clear to me that like, let me see, the angry monster represents the kids anger because they're both and they and that like they're saying the same lines of dialogue at multiple points in the film. So anyway, so there you go. Uh, So I I mean, I say watch it, though. Definitely. I say watch it at the Roseway. That theater was that place is fantastic. Yeah, that's a great place to watch it. Uh, I like that area of town, too. There's all kinds of weird things. there. I saw George Washington and a horse statue. (laughs) Like I have blood from the it's like what, what's it doing out there? I got lost on my bike out there afterward. I'm like, I don't know where I am. Uh, do you guys give it though a, a, a thumbs up? Yeah, I would give it a thumbs up. I'd I mean, say definitely see it, especially now knowing what it is. It's I wish I'd have known more about what it was about going into it because I just expected it to be like a kids movie. And right. It's just not. So uh, I should know that that uh, the, the, I stayed to the end of the credits because I'm kind of a completist, and all the monsters in that movie were made by the Jim Henson Creature Lab, which is why they're so oh. badass. So Jim Henson's company made all those things. That's so, so cool. Excellent. Yes. So, I mean, see, why not? This is the weekend of obnoxious kids, obviously. Yes, it is, Tim. It is. Yes, it is the year of the brat. See it in the evening. It's 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show continues next with Marco Gonzalez from TMZ. Your phone calls and a, uh, another visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. Stay there. is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. No offense, but I think we now all just associate Greg Nibbler's voice with bad things and doom. <laughs> because all of the PSAs on this uh, station seem to be voiced by Greg, and they're they're all for things uh, like some disease uh, that, you know, that will melt your face or turn your bones to dust or something. Everyone's dying and starving. <laughs> Donate your coffee card. <laughs> uh, all right, then. It's 503-228-4101. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on your Friday morning. American now hates the balloon boy, and this morning makes everybody miserable by vomiting on national TV not once, but twice. Now, it sounds like there's a dual vomit happening there. Well, it's the, like the weird mom's thing. Going, oh. Is it like a sympathy vomit from the mom? Well, she's holding the tray for him to vomit in. It's oh. like, bring me the vomit tray, mother. Wait, no, wait. <laughs> mother? So, w- w- wait a minute. Why? Well, she un- was ready. I'm unclear about this. <laughs> The dad is sitting there. The kid is sitting on the dad's lap. The mom is standing by with the vomit tray. Mm -hmm. The kid indicates that he's going to vomit, and yet they don't just have the kid, like, leave. Like, wouldn't you... Let me me ask you this. Let's say there was a camera here filming us right now, and Sarah felt like she was suddenly going to spray vomit. Wouldn't you step out of frame... Well, I always think for the better of the show, so I'd stay in frame just so you. Okay. Well, let's say you worked. Okay. Let's say you worked on a respectable program. Okay. If you felt like you were going to vomit, you yes, might duck up. Yeah, you might or turn around at least, or like, hey, like look over there for a second, as opposed to just having someone quote bring you a vomit tray. <laughs> well, perhaps they think this is cute. What did the mom bring him? Does it look like a tray that she'd used before? That like she had just standing by in case of such an eventuality. I guess so. She found it quickly. And then the dad keeps on so jabbering along like nothing happened. Your account of what happened, but, but they do want to question you a little bit more today. Good thing I wore my plastic pants. All right. Well, uh, on that note, uh, before the end of the hour, we will uh, once we'll play our tornado vomit uh, sound, which is uh, that is one of the most uh, that is one of the most requested pieces of sound that we have. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ, Mr. Marco Gonzalez. How are you on this fine Friday, sir? I'm good. What's up with you guys? Not a whole lot. We are just uh, executing everything we do uh, without flaws or effort of any kind, because that's <laughs> that's the hallmark of the Rick Emerson Show. What is uh, 
What is up in the world of bad things happening to people who aren't me? Ooh, that's interesting. Well, be glad you're not Lindsay Lohan, that's for sure. I do that um, every day, kind of regardless. Exactly. Well, you know, she is apparently not doing too well with her alcohol education. You know, she pleaded no contest to uh, DUI back in 2007. I guess she was, you know, told to go to some alcohol education courses, and she's just not cutting it. I mean, we've seen her out and about, and the judge is just saying, you know what, if you're not going to take this seriously, we can throw you back in jail. So she's expected in court this morning, and we're constantly uh, putting up new information. And we're expecting her any minute. Boy, you know, I like. I think the, like the rest of the country should be given a chance on, to vote on whether or not she goes back to jail because you know it's a recession. We need amusement. We need entertainment. And I also think that there's some sort of joke there to be made about the idea that Lindsay Lohan is going to an alcohol education class. It seems like she's probably already got like a PhD in that. I. I think she's completed her master's on that. Exactly. I'm wondering, she better get at least a C. You and know also, what like, what is there to, t and I mean this uh, sincerely, what, did, what do they teach you at an alcohol education class? I mean, if you get I loaded, you will do dumb things and vomit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do not hold a bottle when you're holding the wheel. I mean, yes. I, don't, I don't know how hard can this be. It's just, you know what, though? I mean, she gets chance after chance after chance. And it's like, I remember a couple years ago, she was so big. I mean, Mean Girls was out and this and that. And now it's just like drama after drama after drama. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope she can save her career. I mean, because like you said, though, it is providing some uh, good material for us. Here's the other <laughs> thing is that Lindsay Lohan has kind of, uh, she's gotten to that Amy Winehouse stage where she is now so hideous looking, largely because of her lifestyle, that I can no longer find her attractive. Even if she were to get her, her act together and go back to looking the way she used to, I could never find her attractive because she's become this weird, bony, crypt-keeper-looking uh, wreck. Yeah, and the lips and the this and the that. And you know, Rick, back in the Mean Girls days, she was hot. Absolutely, yes. Hot yes, I with do. the red hair. Mm. Well, you know what else is going on? Maria Shriver. Can we cut this girl a break? I mean, she, you know, was caught on the phone by us. Not once, not twice, but the third time it was on video. <laughs> and so that made news everywhere. Maria Shriver, you know, wife of Governor Schwarzenegger, on the phone while she's driving. A big no-no. Well, we caught her yesterday at this place, ironically called La Conversation. That's the name of it in West Hollywood. The place is called, mm -hmm. La, I think it's in Spanish, La Conversación or something like that. Anyways, she ended up not getting a Bluetooth, but a driver. <laughs> well, I think that everything probably could be solved in Hollywood if people would just get a driver. Think of how many stories that you would not have been able to cover if somebody had just paid like the $9 an hour to have somebody drive them around. Exactly. I'm thinking these people have enough money. Please just get a driver unless that's, maybe they want to be in the news. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Excellent. Mr. Marco Gonzalez from TMZ, thank you so much, my friend. Have a fantastic weekend. You got it. See ya. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. That's right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 9, Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz and Court and Fatboy this afternoon from 3 till 7. Uh, their guests will include David Walker talking about movie movies and Stephen Humphrey from the Portland Mercury talking about uh, television. Now, in a moment, we have uh, more news from Tim Riley, but I should say that we had a news story earlier this morning that is still paying dividends. I guess I'll just give you the, uh, I guess I'll give you the story first and then give you this, uh, this email that sort of is a follow-up to it. The story we read in the first hour of the show is back in the uh, 5 o'clock hour, and I, I really read this just for the sole purpose of making Sarah Dillon squirm, but it had uh, benefits that I couldn't no, no, really no, have anticipated. No. no, 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 it's the people need to know, Sarah. Uh, 
It's, look, I can't just play the vomit thing again later. I mean, I will, but I mean, if I'm going to read the vomit, if I'm going to have the vomit thing again, I might as well read this. Starting Thursday, anyone who sets off a metal detector at a Nova Scotia courthouse and can't satisfy security officers with an answer will be denied access to the facility. The move is a response to this week's knife attack at the courthouse on Spring Garden Road in Halifax. A teenage girl smuggled in a switchblade in her vagina. She set off the metal detector but told security the scanner was just picking up a body piercing. There you go. So they really, and this is really big body piercing. And this is really uh, the only thing you need to know. I mean, this is like in the Oregonian or whatever now, where they just they pull like the three sort of factoids of the bullets that you know that tell you the actual crucial information. The only phrase you you really need to remember here is a teenage girl smuggled in a switchblade in her vagina, which then led to a whole series of other related stories, which then in turn led to this this email, Rick. My daughter, who is nine, has her alarm set in her room to wake up to the show. Do you want to know how I knew she was awake this morning? I heard her holler the word vagina at the top of her lungs. Good morning to you, and thank you for ruining my children. Well, it's it's what we do. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on this hour, we'll ruin them further with his relentless vomit sound effect that people seem to love so much. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 825. It's going to be a rainy weekend. Daytime highs only near 60. Hurricane Rick has formed in the Pacific Ocean. It is the seventh hurricane of the Pacific season. It is sustaining winds of 75 miles an hour as it churns around Acapulco. National Hurricane Center says Rick is moving to the west about nine miles an hour. So you may see him <laughs> at some point this week. That's really only if I uh, hear that there's a variety of snack foods over there I haven't sampled yet. Portland City Commissioner Randy Leonard has had enough to hear with Merritt Paulson's attitude. The owner of the Beavers won't get a stadium if he keeps on complaining. Meanwhile, Beaverton is dangling that stadium carrot before those in that fair city. You taxpayers of Beaverton, apparently you're willing to pay more than half of the $59 million that that stadium will cost. I wonder if that's news to them. I wonder if they woke up and saw in the news that they're willing to spend. And Greg really uh, nailed this, too. When he, I think that we would all agree to just give him some tax money and let him build the goddamn stadium if he would just shut up about it. Yeah, I don't care where they build it or how much it costs. Just get it done. I'm it's, sick of hearing about it. That's the thing. It's like, do it or don't do it. it. Quit polluting the front page of the newspaper with non-news about a non-story that really we can't do anything about. Regardless, The stadium will either happen or not happen. There's nothing anybody can do about it. There's nothing anybody in Beaver did. If you have this illusion that somehow your participation in the civic process is going to make a difference, lose those illusions now. Those are That's just a fib you're telling yourself there. There's nothing that could be further from the truth. They're either going to build the thing or they're not. But in the meantime, it's like there's some law... That every day they must devote 75 column inches to talking about whether or not they might build a stadium somewhere that people may or may not be interested in for a team that people may or may not actually go to see that may or may not make money. It's not going to make money, though. I'll just I'll, I'll save you that mystery right there. It's not going to make money at all. It's not like this is a major league sport. It, I mean, it's in Beaverton. How major league could it be? Let's just be honest. I mean, look, I, I don't have a lot any of people who live in Beaverton don't know they actually live there. Well, that's the that's thing. No and I don't have any. I'm not trying to knock Beaverton. I'm just saying. They have a fine olive garden there. <laughs> and I stopped there by cheap gas. I mean, that would be like if you told me that there was a major art museum in southeast Portland. That would be a lie. You know what I mean? No, no, no. There's a great cultural center in southeast. Not true. Uh, there's nothing cultural in southeast. There's not going to be a major sports anything in Beaverton. And, you know, and, and there's no one of good virtue or character anywhere near 82nd. That's just the way, it, that's the way of the universe, friends. Here's Tim Riley. 
Well, America's very upset with this uh, balloon family today, but they seem to be addicted to television. As a matter of fact, if you look on the Internet, you can find them in some of these episodes of Wife Swap. So we went and uh, found this little snippet for you to uh, listen to. I can really try and talk to her, okay? Maybe she's not taking my calls. <laughs> On the last swap, uh, we had a great time forming a band. <laughs> that so the kids are playing in the band to... for your I entertainment. I should do that. Two, one. What? Three storm What's kids. happening here? They're doing a rap song. It's a, wow. a song about three storm kids. Would you like me to read? Please don't. Uh, so this is really just, that's some sort of auditory birth control is what that is. And God so almighty. apparently uh, dad started manipulating this family at a very young age. Dad is a nutcase. I'm going to, that's my, that's my constitutionally protected opinion. He seems like a crazy man. Also this, do we all agree that just like we would give Merritt Paulson his stupid stadium if he would just quit filling up the newspaper with it? Maybe we would be willing to, like, uh, I don't know, turn the other cheek to the dad if he would let us give him just one savage beating. Just for, like, 10 or 15 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, everybody get... Like him we and get, that John Gosselin guy. Ex- I want to punch them both. In we them. should totally institute that system. Like, look, if we get to beat on you for, like, 30 seconds, we, we won't kill you. But we get to beat you as much as we can in 30 seconds. You know, like, and the, and the country would... We can solve the recession this way, too. Everybody would bid. Every, it would be like a lottery. Everybody would throw in, like, five bucks... Uh, you know, to get a ticket, and then we draw three names, and you get to go just beat that guy's ass for about 35 seconds, after which we agree to leave him alone and let him be a big douchebag. There you go. Problem solved. That solves like 100 problems at once. Yeah. Incredible storm-chasing heenies of Colorado. <laughs> awesome. Uh, it's, they just can't stay away from the TV. Even when they're vomiting, Tim. Uh, between them and where the wild things are, that is enough birth control for me forever. It really is. I mean... <laughs> Why was the mom standing by with a tray for the kid to vomit on on TV this morning? With the vomit tray. Why well, do you walk around with a tray for people to vomit on? I no. have mine in my bag. In so fact. in the meantime, the dad doesn't even notice this is going on. That's he continues to babble. To when, um, he made that uh, statement. So now we can see in full view the vomit tray with the vomit. I'm transfixed <laughs> by the camera. I can't look away or pay attention to my own children. So she's wiping his mouth. Oh, he just vomited twice. They believe your account of what happened, but but they do want to question you a little bit more. It's awesome. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Straight ahead, we have uh, more news from Tim Riley. And uh, we have Gordon Bobby coming up this afternoon. Gordon Fatboy this afternoon, 3 to 7. And Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz at 9. It all begins next with more news from the Ministry of Truth right here on the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. My eyes are on fire with passion. 1-800-344-KUFO. Excitement. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Lack of sleep. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at 9 o'clock. Smells like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. Court and Fatboy this afternoon. Then we talk to William Stephen Humphrey from the Portland Mercury about television. As uh, well as David Walker about uh, B-movies. David Walker, uh, B-movie critic extraordinaire. It's 503-228-4101. Also happening at 9 o'clock, the KUFO half-off sale will be updating. That's where you can get a lot of things for, yes, half-off, sometimes a lot more, at KUFO.com. And today those items will include a family admission pass to the Portland Children's Museum where your kids use their imagination while having fun in a safe Friendly environment. The Playopolis exhibit is on through the end of the month, followed by the adventures of Clifford the Big Red Dog later this fall. Friday, uh, which is today, 9 o'clock. So about 15 minutes from now, you're going to be able to go online, purchase your half-off certificate 
to the Portland's Children Museum. And uh, so that is at uh, 9 o'clock at KUFO.com. But if you were caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you'll be able to pick one of those up before you can buy it. And again, you can buy that at 9 o'clock at KUFO.com, part of the continuing half-off sale. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 8.42. It's almost 9 o'clock, and it's Friday. It's going to be a rainy weekend. Daytime highs only in the 80s. Eleven protesters were arrested during a sit-in at Regents Blue Cross Building, 100 Market Street. That's uh, not too far from the big black cube building. Apparently, they said... Healthcare is a right, not a privilege. I think they're wrong. And this is 11 people who 11 were arrested. 11 people, yes. You know, it, it, that's just pointless. It seems like if you can't have 1,000 people arrested, there's no point in showing up at all. Just yes. stay home and do something better. Say, Trinet needs your help. They want to rename Fairless Square because beginning in January, it's not going to be Fairless anymore. So come up with a clever name for it. I wonder if they want to rename Fairless Square because everybody just calls it Homeless Square. And by everybody, I mean me. And when I mean calls, I mean I'm trying to start it uh, right now. That's what I was going to say. I've never heard that. No, I was trying to start that right now under the guise of it being a thing that everybody already does. You know how they call Fairless Square Homeless Square, Sarah? You know how they call Fairless Square Homeless Square, Sarah? I've never heard it called anything else. Whatever, it's too late. They're changing it anyway. Because everybody calls it Homeless Square. Never mind. Here's Tim Riley. They're despised nationwide today. The Balloon Boys family and... They're not newcomers to television. This guy has tried to get his kids on TV before, and they have been, the whole family, on uh, Wife Swap. And in one of the scenes, he brings the people into his workshop to see the flying saucer he's working on. In case you haven't seen this yet. I mean, this is going to have more viewings by the end of the day than we don't know what. But here it is. I push the button, and... Are at the outer limits. We'd like to get this flying saucer into a storm to actually float around, take video. Richard and I actually believe... We ourselves are descendant of the alien. You ever hear a real accent that you think is fake? Sometimes real accents don't sound real. That doesn't sound like a real accent. Uh, That sounds... That sounds like, as Tim would say, someone straight out of central casting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sounds like a stereotype. Well, and also... and And so does he, because he doesn't sound... I mean... This business of it being a flying saucer continues to eat at me for some reason because it's just a balloon. Like it's, it is a big ass mylar balloon, right? It's like one of those aluminum foil balloons you get at Safeway. That's, I mean, that's really what it is. It's a big, it's a sack of, it's a sack of helium kept inside some aluminum foil, some tin foil. So the idea that the kid was ever going to be able to get lifted off by that, I mean, but don't you? I guess it's one of those things that, in the rush of the moment. We all sort of instinctively believed it because who would ever be- who would ever think that the parent would fabricate such a thing? And that does appear to be possible, given some of the anecdotal evidence that is coming out. Television attention is a poison that some people can't stop taking. That's right. It just becomes it just becomes a compulsive thing, and just and the guy does seem to have a little bit of the um, a little bit of the crazy aura around him anyway. So it's not like it's out of the question. That just as he was chasing storms, he was now chasing fame, a road that would lead only to sadness and tears. Uh, one of the original uh, reality television uh, family whores, the Irwin family, <laughs> the family of the late Steve Irwin, is in an effort to bring a zoo similar to the Australian zoo to Las Vegas. If this project moves forward, the zoo, uh, the zoo, the zoo would be a limited zoo with animals mainly from Australia, and it'd be boring for everyone. Uh, 
is this still the um, the family that is run by? Because she's from here, right? The mo- the mom, the wife, yeah. Steve Irwin's mm-hmm. widow, isn't she from Milwaukee or Everybody's Clackamas from or something? Oregon. Everybody's from, including the kid who's in Where the Wild Things Are. Oh yeah. So the kid who plays Mag, the kid in Where the Wild Things Are. So he's actually uh, from here as well. Is what's her name? Creepy dead eyes girl, Bindi Irwin. <laughs> is, she, is she still running that whole thing? Oh, she probably is. She, you know, she's a. Uh, she's going to be a big star. One of she's a oh, demon, yeah. is what she is. She's she's going to be a gigantic snake. She was about her dad's death for about five minutes. Uh, she is possessed. Uh, she is possessed by something evil. There's there's darkness lurking deep within that girl. Let's have no illusions about that. She's like that. What's her name? Haley Eisenberg. That girl that appeared in the Diet Coke things at the cinemas oh, yeah. where she'd be like, turn off your cell phone, and then she would look at you with demon button eyes. <laughs> That's exactly what Bindi Irwin looks like. She does have those glassy Bindi, button eyes. She totally does. Bindi Irwin and Michael Jackson's kids ought to get together and do a scary, creepy kids that will eat your brains uh, tour. Would you like to hear the uh, Bloom Boys mom sing on television? music. Playing music. Really feel my energy. Come at me, me, oh, to Is that a traditional song from her, her native land? I suppose yes, from the from the country that she was mailed from. For well, never mind. Let's start talking about something else. He's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, Alpha Broadcasting News Director. He we'll speaks leave that to your own for the whole company. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. His opinions do represent those of everyone here, everyone everywhere. The husband had bigger plans. Mighty. <laughs> He speaks for all of planet Earth with every story he conveys. Up to and including this story about the woman flashing her vagina at the coffee house, which seemed to have been played a thousand times this morning, like in the six o'clock hour. By the way, speaking of things that have been played over and over, but that never, ever, ever uh, lose their appeal. Oh, I know. We had several requests for this to sort of round out the program. And this is because... We had the kid, the the balloon kid, vomiting on television this morning. And somebody said, can you play the tornado vomit thing? And tornado vomit is sort of, that's, it sounds like some sort of a, tornado vomit sounds like a band that like Adam Thompson would be in or something. But this is a video that a guy sent us about a year and a half ago. It is of a tornado striking, I think, somewhere in Kansas or someplace like that. But there's a tornado that is, I don't know, like three, four, five miles away. It's in no, like, it's not menacing anybody in the house. The tornado's so far away, it's not actually threatening anybody. But there was a guy looking out the window of his kitchen, holding a camcorder, and watching as the tornado is, you know, like landing, I don't know, wherever, by the old Johnson barn or something. Meanwhile, his wife is in the background, and like back 10 feet away from the camera, his best friend, apparently overwhelmed by the drama of the whole thing, just begins to vomit uncontrollably. That does not stop the guy from filming. He continues to film as his friend vomits in the background. Now, believe me when I say that I'm not spoiling anything by giving it all away, because really the proof is in the pudding here. So uh, I give you tornado vomit. Somebody call David, A183, tell him the tornado's right over his house. Yeah, I've seen that. This thing is massive. Oh my god. I was waiting for that microwave tower to go. There it begins. Uh, plug it into a plug in. Uh, anywhere, right? First plug in you see. <laughs> you want that on tape? Oh. It is. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, Greg has never heard this before. Holy, oh my I God, God this is awesome. Now. It's right there. Yeah, Morgan, get downstairs. It's okay. It's like he's got another cow stomach or something that, were, that just holds vomit. How much is in there? Good God. Let's just uh, let's just do just the latter part of that one more time. And one more. <laughs> that almost sounds like it stuttered. I'm sorry, Tim? Yes? Hello? I was going to say I found a good one, too, from uh, some years ago. Oh, wow. Oh, is this the uh, woman yeah. on television? We've taken the 360, we've added a DSP, and then we... <laughs> What we've done is we've taken the 360, we've added a DSP, and then we... <laughs> okay. On that note... Boys, boys. Can we take up an hour of uh, Smells Like the 90s? Because I can find some more of these, we can fill up a whole hour. I, I think we could probably do that with just the barest minimum of effort. Remember this one? Yeah, hello. Hello. Hey, what are Niklas. Hey, Niklas, where are you? Where are you? Tull. Hey Niklas, where are you? Where are you? Tull. Okay. Hello, everyone. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> Let's bring a uh, curtain down to this whole sad. Hey, what are you? Niklas. Hey Niklas, where are you? Program. It's 503 Make a note of it. Because uh, you'll you'll need it later on for Buzz. Smells like the 90s coming up at 9. Court and Fat Boy uh, this afternoon from 3 to 7. Be sure to join us Monday morning at 5 a.m. And we'll return with special guest Alice Cooper. There's nothing that could get in the way of that. It is destined to happen. It is fate. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. We would like to see a radio correspondent, Jim Roop, for joining us today. Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com and Marcos, uh, Marcos Gonzalez from uh, TMZ filling in for uh, Daxholt. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Still in for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, and the webmistress, Bridge of Mupstairs. Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru is uh, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds, and of course, executive producer, Mr. Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, Smells Like the 90s, Court and Bobby this afternoon, 3 until 7, featuring guest David Walker talking about B movies. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Friday, October 16th, 2009, and that is the frequency, Kenneth. As always, be safe. Thank you for listening, and watch out for snakes. Have a good weekend. See you on Monday. Bye now. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening. <laughs>